0: What is up, YouTube, and welcome into week number two of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Buck, they didn't fire us after week one. Congratulations. We made it through the weekend, and we are back for another exciting week on Texas Sports Unfiltered. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing fantastic, BK, and it is... um... It's still hot here in the Austin and surrounding areas of this wonderful state of Texas, the great state. And this is a show, by the way, folks out there, that you can actually listen to. You can actually hear it. So there are others that may say they have the only sports talk show in the Austin area. But guess what? This is the one you can actually hear. I mean, you can you can hear the, the, the host speaking out about sports. You're not trying to figure out if there's Tejano music in the background or who's playing or... You know, Britney Spears is going to come up next. You can actually hear sports talk right here with us.
0: (laughs) Yes, you can. You can hear it. You can see it. And we are live from 8 to 10 every weekday morning right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And once again, the app is coming. I promise we're not lying about that. We'll have uh, hopefully have some great news in regards to the development of a Texas Sports Unfiltered app at some point this week. We're also hoping to announce a few lineup additions at some point this week as well. So we've got big things coming to Texas Sports Unfiltered. Thank all of you for a very successful first week. We had a ton of fun doing this, and we really, really do appreciate the support that we've gotten to this point. And uh, keep the support coming, man. This uh, this thing is about you guys. We want to make this as fun and enjoyable for all of you as we possibly can. So let us know what we can do to uh, make this better for you. We always love the feedback. More importantly, we love you uh, spreading the word about what we've got going on with Texas Sports Unfiltered. Coming up on 4,000 subscribers. I will say this, Buck, when we get to 5,000 subscribers, we're going to have a badass giveaway on this channel. It's not you just going to be one giveaway. Like We're going to be giving away a few different things when we get to 5,000 subscribers. I've already put the wheels in motion on getting a few items together that I think our viewers are going to love. I know you've got some things that you're getting together as well. So, Buck, we're excited about this thing, and uh, oh, we feel sure. like this thing's going to grow pretty big.
1: Yes, let's start off by saying good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world of sports and more. We thank you for what you do. It is appreciated, giving us the opportunity to do what we're doing right now.
0: Absolutely. I'm still trying to figure out who you were talking about when you said uh, there's a station that people know about but can't quite listen to. I wonder wonder who you were referring to there. Maybe I'll think about it. Those (laughs) people. Those people. We've got a loaded show. We're going to talk plenty of Texas Longhorn football, recapping the first fall scrimmage A lot to get into there. We'll talk about week one of the NFL preseason. The Dallas Cowboys played their first game of the 2023 year. We'll talk about that. Some of the rookie quarterbacks as well and some of the other big headlines from around the NFL. A little bit of baseball conversation, a little bit of golf conversation as well. And we've got trouble with your Philadelphia 76ers that uh, we might need to dive into as well, Buck. But let's start with the Longhorns, man. I'll give you the floor first. I know you talked to a bunch of people uh, over the weekend about the Texas fall scrimmage that took place on Saturday. Wasn't open to the public, wasn't even open to the media. It was just open to uh, players' families, but obviously a lot of sources did some talking. I know you did some talking as well. What uh, are your big takeaways from the first scrimmage of fall camp?
1: Well, it seems like Alfred uh, Collins is, is getting it. He's getting it. So he's finding a way to to make some plays. He's been pretty consistent throughout the early part of camp so far, and it looks like he had a pretty good scrimmage. On Saturday, did really really well. Very physical, you know. Got around, made some plays, uh batted some balls down, and it's good to hear that. It's good to hear that for that defense. In order for this defense to get to a championship game, he's going to have to be a big part of it. I don't, I don't mean a one of those guys, substitutional guys that comes in and makes some plays every once in a while, but he's going to have to be good on a consistent basis. And it sounds like Albert Collins is starting to get it because he's got every tool in the book, BK, to get it. So. Let's start getting it. And it looks like he has been so far. And it looks like this defense is pretty salty. And that was our expectations anyway. They were pretty tough uh, last year on the defensive line. And it sounds like they're still doing doing that and even getting better as the fall camp goes on. And that's big for the University of Texas if this defense can play well.
0: Yes, it is. I'm still in wait and see mode with Alfred Collins. I know. I wonder – I wonder if they played our videos in the locker room before that scrimmage because I was kind of dunking on Alfred Collins last week saying, you know, I need to see more from him. And also saying that, well, it feels like the fourth year in a row that we've heard that this was about to be the breakout year for Alfred Collins, right? I mean, ever since this guy was a true freshman, we know how highly touted of a recruit he was. Everybody was pumped when he put pen to paper and decided to come to Texas. And even as a freshman, it was like, no, this dude, as a true freshman, is going to make a big impact for this team. Well, he flashed. Time to time, made a couple of plays, but he didn't put it together. Same thing sophomore year, same thing junior year. So I'm going to keep my stance and hope that it produces the results that it apparently produced on Saturday, because you're right. Alfred Collins, Buck, would be huge for this football team this year.
1: Well, uh, you know, the way college football is now, you can play for eight years, so we don't want him around here for eight years, really. We need him to really get it done this year so this team can march on into the SEC feeling really pretty good about themselves about, by playing in a championship game and possibly winning the last Big 12 championship game. So he needs to play well. It looks like the rest of the defense and that secondary has been fantastic. Catalan and the rest of them uh, are, are playing well. I'm, that was my expectations. I'm still holding on to, by a game number six or so, that this Texas secondary will be one of the best secondaries, not only in the Big 12, but in the country. I believe they will. I believe they have the capabilities of doing that. Uh, looks like, Quinn, yours is, is – continuing to mature at, uh, at the quarterback position. You know, my guy, the MVP, I'm saying this year, young guy right out of high school, the cookie monster, looks like he's playing well, caught a touchdown pass. You know, and, and this, is a, this is a guy who's one of those flashy guys, the, the kind of player that Texas needs. They need a young wide receiver that can catch the ball and go with it, not just catch it. I mean, not catch and fall, but catch and run. And Cook looks like the kind of kid that's going to do that for him. And he looks like he's a big time player. He doesn't look like one of those guys who's just kind of weaning his way into an offense. It looks like there's going to be a possibility of Sark really targeting this kid an awful lot this season.
0: I love that nickname, the Cookie Monster. Well oh yeah, he's going to get
1: after it. Yeah, I like, and, I
0: like him a lot. Yeah, and if he's going to play this year, it's not going to be because well, Texas doesn't have good wide receivers and they don't have a choice. They just have to put him in there. Now, this wide receiver room is one of the best in the country. So if Jonte Cook is able to crack the rotation and get some significant playing time over the course of the season, it will be because he's a really, really good player who Steve Sarkeesian and company just can't leave on the sideline.
1: Yeah, he's one of five. He'll be one of five. Yeah, Yeah.
0: because this wide receiver room, I mean, everybody else is experienced, right? You've got a bunch of guys who are really good, but you look at those other four of the five that you're talking about. Well, Xavier Worthy's been in the program for a couple of years. Uh, A.D. Mitchell has been a part of a couple of national championship teams in his college career. Isaiah Nayor hasn't played at Texas but, of course, he's played college football for a couple of years and has had a 1,000-yard season in college football. And Jordan Whittington, a guy who's been on campus for three right. plus years now. Like, if if Jonte Cook is able to get playing time over those dudes, then, yeah, it's because he is a really, really good player who is making things happen for this football team. And I think he will. I think he will get some playing time. I think he's that much of a talent like you're talking
1: about. Well, I, I just – and if he's that talented, you got to get him on the field in other ways. That, that needs to be your kickoff returner. And possibly your punt returner. But I, once again, for the punt returner, just please catch the ball for me. Don't have a ball bouncing and going back 25 yards and no one have it bouncing off the top of your helmet. And, you know, Xavier Worthy, I, I worry about him there. I just worry about size-wise back there. But One thing he does is he'll catch the ball. He'll come up. I mean, he's, he's got some balls now. He'll go up and make catches 25 yards before that ball bounces. He'll take a chance. But I, I just don't like the catch-and-run part with him. He's too, he's too valuable as a wide receiver to get blown up by somebody going down there and blowing this dude up on punt returns. Now, Jontae Cook, yeah, I, I like him and I like how valuable he could be. But blow that dude up first. You know what I mean? Before you blow up Xavier Worthy, blow up the freshman. Don't blow up your star.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, look, Xavier Worthy, he's a big question mark for this team this year. Not because of talent or ability. I just want to know what version of Xavier Worthy we're going to get this year, right? Like, if Texas gets freshman year 2021 Xavier Worthy back, then watch out, right? I mean, the sky's the limit for this offense. If Texas gets 2022 Xavier Worthy, then okay, this offense isn't going to reach its full potential. Now, I think a big part of why he struggled last year, especially in the second half of last year, was the fact that he was playing with a broken hand. You know, reason to believe that that would impact your ability to catch the football. That was kind of flying under the radar. They didn't tell anybody about that injury until after the season was over. But it uh, feels like Xavier Worthy's healthy. It's a contract year for him, too. Sure. Like that, that's the thing. It's a contract year for four of the five receivers, right? Jonte Cooks, true freshman. We know he's going to be a part of, the, uh, part of the team for at least three years. But those other four guys, uh, they could all go pro after this season so an opportunity for uh, everybody in this wide receiver room if they play well they could go make themselves some cash money here in, uh, in the not too distant future but
1: yeah and you know jordan whittington is 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 that guy who seemed to need to touch the ball a little bit more than he did last year and he's the guy i think you can always count on he's going to make tough catches he's going to catch the ball and run like a running back which he played a little bit of everything in high school so i think you can count on 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 jordan on jordan I, and i I think he got banged up a little bit in, in the scrimmage, but it seems like he's going to be okay from what I hear. Uh, I don't think it's anything to worry about. They're going to be really, really careful with him because that is that is the receiver that you can't afford to be without, you know, in the beginning of the football season because he's the most reliable guy that they have. He may be the most reliable player that they have on the football field, period. Yeah. I mean, he he just, you know, knock on wood, you know, he survived last year without an injury. He'd been injury prone. He made it through the year you don't want to go into the season with this guy banged up before you even start one game much less yeah. a, a long big 12 season so he's got to be the guy that's if they have to lay off a little bit with him and give him some days off give him some days off they got plenty of young receivers that need to get in there and start feeling their way around plus then you can probably focus in a little bit more on what you're going to do with your tight end you really you got to find i mean i count him as one of those receivers so there's six of them i don't necessarily have to count him as a tight end i can count him as a wide receiver for as effective as he can be not only in that you know 12 yard area the the, the quick out area but also down the field too
0: agreed 100 percent. and yeah injury updates from uh, some of the texas players from that game on saturday you mentioned it with uh, you mentioned it with jordan whittington excuse me he did leave the scrimmage early with a shoulder injury by all accounts it is not serious I had a conversation with C.J. Vogel of the Football Brainiacs yesterday. If you missed that video, you can find it on this channel at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And he basically told me, Buck, that if there was a game coming up on Saturday, Jordan yeah. Whittington would play. So, sounds minor, precautionary. It's a false scrimmage. You don't want to risk aggravating anything and making it worse because, yeah, Jordan Whittington is really, really important to the success of this offense. And Xavier Worthy was also wearing a green non-contact jersey during this scrimmage the other day. Uh, reports of an illness, maybe a stomach bug
1: going, yeah, along, going around the team a little bit,
0: going around the team a little bit. So I don't think there's any cause for concern with uh, with both of those guys. And that is uh, great news. Like you said, knock on wood uh, so far through camp, Texas has really avoided that uh, catastrophic injury. We obviously hope that continues to be the case because you want all hands on deck for the start of the regular season. You really want all hands on deck for week two in uh, in Tuscaloosa. That's the one that matters a whole heck of a lot. What about the uh, what about the quarterbacks, Buck? How about Arch Manning making some uh, some headlines? Look, you knew this was coming. Uh, everybody's super excited to have this guy on campus. We know he's not the starting quarterback this year. Uh, I'm not even sure he's QB two going into the season. Maybe that race for the backup quarterback job got a little bit more intriguing with uh, some of the reports stemming from Saturday scrimmage. But apparently, Arch Manning, who struggled in spring. All right, we all saw him at the spring game. He looked a little bit indecisive, looked a little bit slow with the football at times. He apparently looked way more decisive. Also had a 50-plus-yard touchdown run where he was outrunning dudes to the end zone. Seems like uh, Arch Manning starting to familiarize himself with the college game a little bit.
1: Yeah, with well, the speed of the game, it's – I mean, either one way – you can look at it two ways. Either he's picked up the speed of the game or the defense, wow – 50-yard run by that dude? I saw him stumble <laughs> around there in the spring game at times. He's a big old cat. I mean, he's he's got good athletic ability, but he's not all that nimble to be running 50-some yards down the field, which, once again, I'll just say this about the Texas defense, as I heard this weekend, they were everywhere. They got all over this young offensive line. They, they got backfield an awful lot. And my expectations always, you know, through my years of experience in, in college football is, the defense always shines early in the camps. They just because it's more like just sick them on defense. Offense, you're trying to you know you're trying to get everything to materialize the right way, and you're trying to focus in on on plays and and technique. Defense is just you sick them, and that's the way it goes. And so far, it looks like the defense is doing just that. But that was that's that's that was a nice play by Arch Manning uh, in the scrimmage. Malik Malik Murphy struggled a little bit. We haven't seen him struggle. We haven't seen a lot of them. You know, we saw him in the spring game. That's that's about the most we've all seen of him anyway. Yeah. And he had a really successful spring outing. But it's not going to be that way every time he hits the field for a young guy like that. When when the defense is ripping and roaring like this team was on Saturday, it's going to give you some problems. This isn't a spring game where, you know, you know, you do this, you got a little bit of that. It's kind of played for both ways to feel good about themselves. This seemed like a scrimmage that was just, you know, Balls to the wall. Let's go get this offensive group. And they brought they brought the house. You know, so, you know, Malik is, Malik is going to have his ups and downs. It's not always going to be that rosy that we saw in that spring game.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're less than three weeks away from the start of the season, right? So guys are doing whatever they can to make sure they're sure. getting playing time when we get to the regular season. So, yeah, balls to the wall. I think you're dead on a little bit more intensity when you get to fall camp versus what you've got going on in the spring. And I still think Malik Murphy is uh, QB, two on this team right now but it does sort of feel like the battle for the backup quarterback position is starting to tighten a little bit so maybe something to monitor over these next couple of weeks and obviously over the course of the season hopefully we see all three of those guys against rice right like that's what you want you know takes care of business maybe plays two and a half quarters maybe three quarters texas is up 40 50 points and then boom you can bring in Malik Murphy for a little bit, and then you can give Arch Manning a series or two down the stretch. So you actually get to see what all of those guys look like in uh, in real time, in a real game type of situation. Because you're right. I mean, we haven't seen that from Malik Murphy. We obviously haven't seen it from the true freshman, Arch Manning. So uh, hopefully Texas gets that opportunity and they can take care of business week one against the Owls and uh, make sure that JFK isn't having to talk about Texas and Rice again. Um, what about the yeah. running backs, Buck?
1: Yeah, I I hear that Brooks looked really, really, really played really well. And that was good to hear. Uh, Cedric Baxter looked good in this game. He had a big play. You know, everybody's looking for that flash play from the freshman. And uh, they got it uh, in this this particular scrimmage. He had a nice long run. And that's that's good for him. As I said on Friday, I said, you know, there's going to come that point in fall camp where it's going to happen in the game where he takes that big hit and he finds out he really is in college football. And it sounds like he had some success on Saturday running the football, which is which is good for him. That big hit will come. It'll come in. It'll come in real live. You know, when the bullets are really flying all around the place uh, in, in competition uh, in the Big Twelve. But so far, he he looks he looks pretty good. He's getting better and better. Things. I don't expect him to take a step. I never expected him to come in with all the flash and have the ability he has as a running back and be the number one running back in the country as as a high schooler and then start taking a step back. I knew he would move forward, I just didn't know how quick it would be. And it looks like he's starting to, to just move forward. Now, What does he like when he gets into a football game? Yep. He's gonna get better with these weeks or these weeks of practices. And, and, and intensity, as you said, the intensity will pick up as you get closer to game time. But actual game time is a little bit different where you have to make those cuts when the guy isn't totally blocked and you have to make a cut, you gotta get a guy off of you, push a guy off of you and still make a play. I think you'll start to see that from him. And then, as I said, the big hit will come in a game where he gets just leveled and say, uh-oh, this is for real. But uh, it sounds like he's starting, to, he's starting to pick these kind of things up. I never hear anything. You know, the thing you always seem to hear about young running backs at, at all levels is, can he pass protect? That's just a bunch of crap. That You can just throw that out <laughs> the window. Better. I mean, that's on your coach. Yeah. It, it, to me, all that stuff about young running backs – you know, Mac Brown had guys that he wouldn't play. He didn't play Cedric Benson because of, well, he can't pass protect. Well, then maybe you ought to get another running back coach because yeah. if he can't – as big as he was coming out of high school and he couldn't pass protect, all you do is stand in the guy's way. You stand right in front of him and move your feet. It's like dancing. It's nothing – you know, if if you can't dance, then you're probably going to have a, a real hard time, you know, pass protecting and, and hitting and moving. But physically, you're ready to do that. You know, and Cedric Baxter is a big old kid, so we shouldn't hear – well, he really can't pass protect. That's a big dude coming out of high school. He's got he's got size, he's got length, he's tall. So he'll he'll be able to get that. Doesn't mean you have to be a devastating pass protector. Nobody had to be Zeke Elliott coming out of high school. But all you have to do is get in a way, make sure your quarterback doesn't get slobber knocked. That's about it. Nobody's yep. asking you to be an NFL pass protector, but he can he'll he'll get that part of it. Plus, but we haven't heard about that. We've never heard that about him so far. You know, since he's gotten here, you don't hear well, he can't, he's not going to be able to get in there because he's not quite ready for pass protection. That's a good sign. But Jonathan Brooks seemed to have had a, a pretty good game. The running backs, they've got the kind of depth that they need right now. And it's just a matter of getting Cedric Baxter in games. But this is a wonderful buildup for him over the next couple because he's playing against a, a defense that really was good against the run last year. So he's, he's not having you know, you know breaking off these 30-, 40-yard runs at practice because this defense is playing so well. They were tough against the run last year in the Big 12. So they're tough against – and it looks like this offensive line got kind of dominated on Saturday, which I expect still. As good as they were in the regular season of last year, when it comes to playing against the defense early in fall camp, I expect the defense to have a slight advantage, yeah. always.
0: Let me, uh, let me go back to this, Buck, from your experience as a running back coach – you know, when do you kind of know if a true freshman has it? You obviously had Ricky Williams as a true freshman, and he got uh, plenty of playing time. But, like, how tough is it to bring a freshman up to speed? And then how tough is it, if you do have veterans in that running back room already, to find playing time for that uh, for that freshman tailback?
1: Well, th- this group, they're, you know, Bijan, Robinson, Rojan are no longer there. So they really don't have veterans in there. There's There's nobody. There's no other 900-yard rusher. There's nobody that really... Tote the rock for them last year. So they've got, they still have young players that are in that, that running back room. So if I'm a freshman and I'm, if I'm good enough, I'm old enough. You know, that's just the way that goes. And this sounds like a kid that may just be that way. Now, Brooks to me is the guy. I, I think he's, I, I think he's the closest to what they can have to be a thousand yard rusher on this football team. And I think he's going to get close to that because I think he's got that breakaway speed. I think he's got the ability to make you miss in those, those, those from tackle to tackle but I also think once he gets loose he can go to distance. And he's a, he's a little bit of a power runner. He's not he's not Bijan Robinson where he's going to spin and hit and move, but he can lower his shoulder and get you that extra couple yards. So and you know, Blue, we haven't seen much of him. We, we 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 never saw him in the bowl game, which I'm still trying to figure out why not, but um you know, we didn't see much of him last year, so we'll get an opportunity to see a little bit of him. They've got they're about 3 deep in there, 3 or 4 deep. At the running back position, which you have to be. Ask the New Orleans Saints how that feels right now because, wow, you're talking about a, a team going into a season with guys that are, looks like they're going to be on the shelf. They have, they have like, the New Orleans Saints like have one running back left. One running <laughs> yeah. back left. I mean, they just started practicing.
0: Well, is suspended for the first few weeks, right? And weeks. then Kendra Miller, the rookie out of TCU, who hurt the same knee
1: he hurt in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. And he's he's- going to be out sometime. And now you know, there's a boy, boy on
0: the bicycle. Can they, uh, can they line him up at running back?
1: Possibly they may have to, or, mm-hmm. or they better, they, there's guys walking around Zeke Elliott and a couple others that aren't signed right now. That that this group is going to be looking for, because I'll just say this uh, jumping out of the, the longhorns into the saints. I liked what the saints brings to the table. I like Derrick Carr a lot. I like that dude. I, I, I think he got the shaft with the Raiders. And for some reason I like Derek Carr. Are you sure? I, I do. I,
0: I'm gonna give you a chance to take that back.
1: No, no, I, I really I like, like
0: Derek Carr a lot. Are you, are you I like positive him. that's the take you want to have here.
1: I like him. I like Derek Carr. Yes, I like him. Okay, I like him with the Saints.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that division sucks so bad. I mean, I know. it's you got what rookie quarterback Bryce Young in there, you've got Baker Mayfield slash Kyle Trask in Tampa. And then you've got um, uh, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. So yeah, compared to those guys, yeah, Derek Carr is
1: is pretty solid. But And, B, and BK, for this Texas offensive line, uh, this is a group that, you know, I think – I hope people don't get too far of their skis with this group after the success that they had last year. Once again, now people have film on all these individuals and what they can do, you know, to beat them in certain ways and their own – defense beat them up that well and they should because they play against them every day they know what the they know what the pluses and the minuses are and some of the individuals that play on this offensive line but this group is this is a big group really really and I I think this is an opportunity for Sark to lean on his running game and they'll get better as time goes on but like I said early in camp the defense always seems to come out ahead of the game as I said their offense there's too much strategy to offense there's too much you know, of these special techniques and special plays. And everybody has to be on their man. But for defense, it's like get your ass in a gap and just, you know, blow by these guys and and, and just disrupt this offense. So defenses are always kind of ahead of the game early. But this is a kind of offensive line that once they start getting together and they start double teaming people. And, you know, I watched him on some of the double teams last year. And I and I watched them with, with the one and only Casey Stuttered. All american all everything NFL player for years uh, national championship at the University of Texas i watched I watched Casey talk about the way they double team and how they used to come off too quick and this group at the end of the season last year, when they were double team your ass you got double team it felt like you got triple team because they were so yeah. big and, and strong and they're just a, another year stronger so they'll get it they'll be they would, that, that, that offensive line will be just fine
0: when they would double team your ass. Oh, good. I'm good on that one, man. You know, whatever, whatever you're into, broke back, Buck. But I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm out on that. <laughs> we we got to get stuttered on here at some point, and we oh, do. Uh, right. we'll,
1: talk,
0: we'll talk more about some of the defensive standouts a little bit later. But I think the one super noteworthy nugget from the offensive line on Saturday was the fact that D.J. Campbell was getting runs with the once. Yes. Right? So all five starters are back from last year's offensive line, which was really, really good. And I expect them to be really, really good again this year. I maybe am getting out in front of my skis. I maybe am putting the uh, cart in front of the horse with this group, just based on what I saw a season ago and the fact that everyone's a year older this year. But, yeah, D.J. Campbell, who was not a starter last year, former five-star, I think every Texas fan knows that name. Monster uh, of good. Yeah, he was getting run over Cole Hudson, who started at right guard last year. So maybe we do have a little bit of a change, but that shows that, okay, maybe you'll actually have some depth on the offensive line this year because it does feel like Texas has two solid options at right guard.
1: And by the way, Keelan Robinson had a fantastic game also, too. You know, because I always thought of him as that special skill guy, reverses, quick screens, you know, slip screens, things like that. But it looks like he can be a – he's not going to be an every down back, but – I, you know what an every-down back to me is? A, a back that can play every down until he goes limping off the field. That's an every-down guy to me. You can go If you can go right back in there, go in there again, go in there again. I don't need any specific plays, but it, he looks like a, a breakaway type of runner. He's got a chance to go to distance every time when he's yep. in the game. So if, if, if you don't wear him out, he's going to be good to go for series, not just you know just special plays, I believe.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you talk about blocking with C.J. Baxter. I don't think you have to worry about that with Keelan Robinson, right? Like, he's good in pass pro. He's your third sure. down back. But he can and he's also a veteran just,
1: player, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And he, he knows the offense, right? I mean, he followed Sark from Alabama, so he's been with Sark forever. Yes. Uh, yeah, he can be a change of pace back. He'll get some actual carries, but I think, uh, you know, the one-two punch in terms of the quote-unquote bell cows for the Texas backfield will be Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter. But we know Keelan Robinson's going to get plenty of run- you Know he'll probably get five to ten touches a game. Yeah, that feels like a good ballpark for him. And uh, yeah, apparently he had a long touchdown on Saturday too, which is uh pretty exciting. All right, Buck, let's uh let's shift gears here. Before we do, our guy Tom McKay of AV Consultations uh he was texting in earlier. He texted about all three quarterbacks playing against the Rice uh playing against the Rice Owls in week one. Uh, no, hopefully it's not because anybody gets hurt, Tom. Hopefully it's because. Texas is beating Rice by 40-plus, and they have the ability to bring in Malik Murphy and then the ability to bring in Arch Manning at some point. But, Buck, I know you've got the, uh, the TV set up from A.V. Consultations.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's everything that you need to have the entertainment system of your dreams, no doubt about it. You, have, you, know, you don't have to go shopping around for TVs and then surround sound and then all the mounts and all the equipment needed to make it all work because Tom and his guys are going to come there and they're going to set it up for you. It's not going to be like going to Wags' house where they got the big patches in the walls from Wags trying to originally do the TV himself until Tom came over there and got it all fixed up. You know, the big plaster marks and everything else. I've tried that before. There's no reason for you to do that because AB Consultation will do it for you. Now, they're one of the largest dealers in most television and audio brands, and they've got the hottest items right there in stock for you. And that's important. It's in stock. You don't have to wait six weeks from now. You'll be missing out on. You don't want to miss out on the golf, which I didn't yesterday, of course. That's right. I didn't miss out on that wonderful golf course and the old man getting it done yesterday. Because at A B Consultations, they've got it, as I said, all in stock. And that Sonos equipment, well, they're not raising prices like a lot of others have. The ones that can't get it in stock, when they get it, they start to raise prices on you. But Tom has it in stock and he's not going to do that to you. Audiovisual consultations 512-255-8678 or catch them online at abconsultations.com.
0: There you go. Yeah, I got to reach out to Tom McKay and uh, get my my new apartment TV set up once I move back up to Austin. It's happening on Friday, Buck. I can't wait.
1: Coming back south. Be one of the Bubbas. Come on back.
0: I'm going to South Austin. I am excited. This Friday morning, Trey is going to be filling in for me. So it'll be Bucky and Trey coming your way Friday morning from 8 to 10. Well, I'll be uh, making my way back up to the 512. I'm super excited about that. I've got uh, the U-Haul, Buck. You're going to catch me driving the U-Haul from H-Town to Austin, so if you're on I-10 or 71, watch the fuck out on Friday.
1: You know, the thing about this is, you know what? We are very close. We're very friendly, but you're very smart about how you don't ask your friends to help you move because it's going to be hot as hell on Friday. Me going up flights of stairs with my back, you know, and all that stuff, I would do it but you're smart enough not to ask me and keep that in mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't have to ask me to do that kind of shit. I will not I don't, I'm no. just, I, I mean, I've, I've got a son and some younger sons, maybe, but keep that to yourself. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm not asking a 70 year old black guy to help me move up 68 flights of stairs. Now, you said you're 70. You told the Delta Airlines people you're 70. So I'm going to assume that you're 70. I'm not I'm asking Delta,
1: some, Delta airline spokesperson here.
0: I'm not asking some old bag who should be wearing a life alert to help me move stuff into a new apartment. All right, I don't want to be liable if something happens to you, and my guess is something will happen to you. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. That that AV consultation, that AV consult that television screen will be laid at the bottom of the steps somewhere. <laughs>
0: hey, your doctor has uh has signed on. Maybe he's got some advice for you, Buck. Doc Trey, what's going on, man? I advise against you helping anybody try and move anything, boxes, large or small, certainly furniture, because you will die.
1: Come on, man. <laughs> I've been working out. I worked out all weekend. I was stretching this morning. Got weights upstairs here. I am physically fit and able to perform. Oh, yeah. How much have you worked out in the last month? I started working out last Friday. Oh, last Friday. So three <laughs> days now. Yes. How many push-ups are we up to? We haven't been messing around with the push-ups. That oh, hurts my shoulder. No, we don't. We do not We don't. We do curls. We do beach deals. We This is about the beach right now. There's nothing girls there. Curls, tries for the guys. Yes, that's right. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to doing a show with you on Friday, man. We get rid of this BK dude as he goes and packs it. He's actually driving a U-Haul truck <laughs> Just see him coming down 10 with that U-Haul. What a yeah, we almost example. need a,
0: a YouTube live video just, I know. To, uh, just to watch him try and maneuver that thing, the
1: two and a half hours. My boy Javier will be ready for you, <laughs> if need be.
0: Oh, man, I might hit him up. Yeah, that's uh, that's happening on Friday. Listen to Bucky and Trey. I've got movers, man. I mean, the worst, the worst trade in the history of trades, it's not a sports deal. It's a life deal. It's when you used to ask your buddy to help you move, and you would yeah. just offer him like a pizza and a six-pack of beer. I mean, that is awful, man. And the fact that I said yes to that so much in college and for the first couple of years out of college, like that is a joke that, uh, that people say yes to
1: that deal. Oh, here's, here's a six-pack. Yeah, yeah six-pack six and pack a Domino's is. pizza. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work anymore. Nobody will do that for you. Hey, huh. you can't ask like a neighborhood kid to help because they're not doing anything less than like $200. A kid because their mom and dad's right now will get rid of them for 300 so for you okay i'll be your friend give me 200 bucks to help you move 200 didn't cost me that much to move here but kids now they don't do that stuff you know the neighborhood kid won't come around for like 50 60 bucks anymore he'll laugh at that because his parents will pay just that much just to get rid of him just go away from me leave me alone yep those days are over dude
0: uh, movers cost a couple hundred bucks now. And, uh, look, it's worth it. I'm not doing that shit by myself. I'm, I'm paying for movers to help me load the U-Haul down here in Houston, paying for movers to help unload the U-Haul up there in Austin. And, uh, no, it's not going to be you doing your two push push-ups a week. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to get you to try to lift a washer and dryer out of a haul and take it up a flight of stairs. So you're, as
1: long as I can lift up a seven iron, it's all good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's there all you that go. matters. I'm not even sure you could do that these days with the, uh, some stories I've heard about your golf game. Hey, before we get to golf, cause I do want to talk a little bit about the PGA tour playoffs that are going on. And I know you watched yesterday. I want to give some love to my friends at the old beer. Hey, that's a six pack. That is always worth it. You might have some old stat swag to give away on this channel in the not too distant future. So definitely be ready for that. But If you're looking for a great beer to get you through these triple digit days in Austin, Houston, Dallas, wherever you're tuning in, you've got to check out old beer. They've got a ton of different beers. Something for every beer drinker out there. And if you are trying to be like the buck, you know, getting in that beach shape, they've got you covered with the Altstat Light. Sacrifices on calories, but does not sacrifice on taste. Also, the Altstat Peach Rattler with juice from real Fredericksburg peaches. Super easy to drink. Perfect for the summer. Definitely pick up a six-pack wherever you buy your beer. It's Altstat beer. No impurities. No regrets. All right, Buck. The old guy. If we can call him old, what is he, like 42 or 43?
1: Yeah, that's it. He's not old. That's a young man.
0: Yeah, Lucas Glover getting the job done in Memphis uh, over the weekend in a playoff beating Patrick can't play in the first hole of that playoff yesterday. Back to back wins for the old guy, Lucas Glover. Pretty impressive showing by him as he was sweating through his khaki pants that he was wearing yesterday. Oh, my wife,
1: my wife the whole time saying, that is so <laughs> gross. That I'm like, it's hot there. It's Memphis. Of course it's hot. Down by the Mississippi, all that water down. They've got water all over the place in Memphis. And the humidity there must have been just awful yesterday. Cause he was coming right through those khakis now.
0: Ugh. Yeah, swamp ass for days. Oh, Maybe don't yeah, wear khakis, yeah. guy. Maybe go yeah. with a darker color and a lighter fabric, dude. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. I was almost rooting against him just so I didn't have to see that on the screen yesterday.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all right. He got. I think he got near three million dollars for that win. As he gets closer and closer to that FedEx Cup mega prize, that's right there waiting for these guys over the next couple of weeks. They got one more. I think they have they have a playoff in Chicago this week coming up. Yep. And then then they have the tournament championship, and then that's it. And uh, he's right at the top of the list. I mean, Scotty Scheffler is still hanging around. But, boy, Scotty Scheffler yesterday and the day before Saturday, he was missing three-foot putts, I mean, lip outs. And and Scotty's really struggled. I, I I don't know. He's changed his putter. He's got a new put. Between he and Rory and the putters that they have, they ought to throw those things in the lake. Yeah. I mean, they would have been horrible for him this year.
0: Yeah, they have. Yeah, Scotty finished tied for 31st over the weekend. He's second in the FedEx Cup playoffs behind only John Rahm. So, Scotty Scheffler's still very much in the mix. If he can put together a couple of good weeks, then, uh, yeah, he's going to get that huge pot of gold that comes with winning the FedEx Cup. Uh, But you're right. Yeah, the putter has failed him a lot recently. Same thing with Rory McIlroy, man. Rory finished just a shot back of the leaders yesterday, but that flat stick failed him in a big, big way, and that's been the problem for him all year. And it was good to see Jordan Speed. I mean, I just – Whenever Spieth is in contention, Buck, it's gotten to the point where I expect him to fall apart. He wasn't awful yesterday; he shot a seventy, but obviously didn't do enough to find his way really in contention over the last few holes yesterday.
1: You know what? On Friday, Friday and Saturday, his driver was magnificent. I mean, he was hitting balls and hitting the fairways, but his iron play was so off. I mean, it was so erratic during the course of this week. I and that's just not the way he plays. I mean, putting for him was was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. But he couldn't get to the greens and regulations. He kept shanking balls off, you know, pushing balls. His iron play is is immaculate, generally. But in this particular tournament, it was terrible. And he was in the fairway the entire weekend.
0: Yeah, it, it sucks. He shot that 63 on Thursday, and you're thinking, all right, like this is finally the week. Maybe that speed puts it all together. And then wasn't horrible once again the rest of the week. Uh, 68, 68, 70 to wrap things up, but obviously got nowhere close to that 63 shot on Thursday. And it sucks, man. I mean, you know, at the start of Spieth's career, if he was ever in the mix on a Sunday, you're thinking, oh, Oh, yeah, he's going to find a way to get the job done. And now where we're at now, I mentioned it earlier, if he's in the mix on Sunday, you think, oh, he's going to find a way to screw it up?
1: Oh, yeah. It's just, I mean, he's, I mean, he does what he does. He talks to himself. He talks to the ball. He talks to the caddy. He talks to the grass. I mean, he does all these crazy things. But one thing that's been there for him throughout his entire career is his iron play. His mid-iron play has been just unbelievable. And that let him down because the driver had been – he'd been struggling with the driver and keeping the driver in the fairway. And, and last week, all during the course of the week, from Thursday on, BK, he was coming over trees. Every shot that he wanted to make uh, with the driver he was making, he just couldn't get his irons, his iron play in gear.
0: No, he couldn't, and it was uh, it was tough to see. So hopefully, more of speed and contention moving forward. But obviously, hopefully, he's able to uh, start getting the job done and finishing out those tournaments a little bit better, kind of like he used to. But yeah, Scotty Scheffler, obviously the Longhorn with the best chance to win the FedEx Cup this year. He's had a tremendous, tremendous season. You know, tied for thirty first. Oh, you still make money. You make the cut. But that's a bad weekend. For Scotty Scheffler. There's no doubt about that. It feels like anything outside of the top five is a bad weekend for Scotty Scheffler the way he's played this year.
1: Yeah, he's played in all these majors in the top five. So you expect just a a regular tournament. This is like a major. This is major money that you're talking about the FedEx Cup. So you would expect for him to – I expect for Scotty Scheffler to be there next week. I I really, really do. I don't don't think of him as being out of the top five. Now, Cantlay, that's as well as he's played all year right there on Sunday. And he let that old dude beat him, so – I mean, he's,
0: this, he's clutch, though, man. Like he's he's won. I think he's won like three FedEx Cup playoff yeah. events in the last three years. Like he ups his game at the most important time of the year. He obviously he has a, a major under his belt too. So, uh, yeah, he's a really really good player. I assume he'll be on the Ryder Cup team here in a couple of months. Sure, that's going to be a bunch of fun this year.
1: Oh no All doubt right. about it. With the guy from the from the live tours, oh, these guys. Dude, oh, this I can't is wait. Be great stuff. And Kepka will be on our team.
0: Yep. You know, they, they should do the normal Ryder Cup, right? Like they do every couple of years, but they also should do a PGA versus live events. Oh, we've got to do
1: that. Year. Eventually, we got to get to that. Yeah, that'd be Either nice. that that or, or, or don't give those guys any credence to anything. Just forget about them. Mm. But they're going to be on the Ryder Cup team. Yep. Coach Kepker will be playing in that Ryder Cup group. I'm a big, big
0: uh, I'm a, I'm a big live guy. I'm a big Saudi guy, Buck. So I'm always are too you? Good to live. Are you? Now, keep, you're
1: all about the money, huh?
0: Congrats to the Rippers for their first ever team event win over the weekend. Yes, I was <laughs> locked in to live golf. I'm all about the money, man. I would take that shit in a heartbeat. I saw some that gig.
1: I saw some of those clowns playing in their boxer shorts and they were cut off their <laughs> Daisy Dukes the other day. I no. actually turned on, turned it on real quick. I saw. It, I'm like. What are these guys in cutoff shorts doing? This is Bush League. What is this, Bush League? I mean, there's music jamming in the background. I thought they had it at every hole. This is plays throughout the golf course. They got speakers in the damn trees. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's like you're playing around at ACC with all those guys in the boats and kayaks. I know. Playing music. Screaming next and yelling
1: at you. Yeah. What They're a not bunch of junk.
0: I'm wearing Daisy Dukes or booty shorts, they're wearing shorts, man. It's yeah, hot dude. out.
1: Can we, we get Lucas your, lover some shorts? Come on, yeah, really. Just He's get him out of that out there with all that ball sweat. I mean, yes. I really, oh, do. God, come
0: get, on, get this Lucas. man, get this man some gold bond,
1: please. That was awful. That was my wife was complimenting on that. She just wanted to know, is that did that guy really pee on himself? Like that? I'm like, no, <laughs> that's just ball sweat. That's all. Oh, oh man, come on, Lucas.
0: Amazing. All right, there's some uh, some golf talk right here on Bucky and BK. This is Texas Sports Unfiltered. Please like this video if you haven't yet. Please subscribe to this channel if you haven't yet. Make sure to spread the word about uh, the great things we are doing right here at TSU. And the app is
1: on its way. It's just around the corner, right? It, it
0: is on its way. We are doing some beta testing just to make sure everything works the cool. way we want it to. Just to make sure everything looks the way that we want it to. But uh, I got a hunch. By the end of this week, we're going to have some great news about the app. So you can listen in your car. You can listen on your go. You can listen wherever you are. You don't have to watch us too. You know, we hope we hope you do watch us because we're going to sure. have some some fun videos and some highlights that Checking we can that, play. You know, that's local. You get to see the straight music shirt that the Bucks got on. You get to see my old old stat Sugar Bowl shirt that I got as a media gift with Texas beat Georgia a couple of years ago.
1: But well, one thing you can do is you can hear us loud and clear. Yes,
0: you can hear us loud and clear you right here on you YouTube. You hear Taylor
1: Swift in the background, I don't believe do you.
0: <laughs> no, Tejano Taylor Swift. Yeah, okay. Uh, on uh, on our signal here, we've got you covered. All right, Buck, uh, before we uh, get back into Longhorn football, and we'll, we'll have some fun. We got uh, a couple of fun stories, including some conspiracy theories about that crazy airplane woman. I don't know if you know about the crazy plane lady. We, I've got to introduce you to her a little bit later in today's is she show. she as crazy
1: as the lady peeing herself at the casino?
0: <laughs> I don't know if anyone's That's pretty crazy. crazy now. Yeah, yeah, you can't just be peeing yourself. Uh, do you want to see that? Do you want to see that video? See, this is why you watch us. You get to see stuff like this. Yeah, wow. that's yep. why you watch us, so you get great Absolutely. content like that. Uh, Buck, the Cowboys, we'll, we'll get into uh, around the NFL preseason a little bit later, but we'll start with the Cowboys. We talked about the Texans' preseason opener on Friday because they played their game last Thursday night. Yes, the Cowboys played on Saturday. They lost to the Jags. The only people who care are the uh, cousins out there, 28-23 to 23, the final score. But I think the biggest takeaway for Cowboys fans is something that, us Longhorn fans have known about for a while. Deuce Vaughn is really freaking good. Eight carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown in his debut. I know he was going up against mainly backups on that Jags defense, but Deuce Vaughn, despite the size, he's been proving people wrong since his high school days at Cedar Ridge, Buck. Despite the size, he looks like a bit of a player now.
1: Man, he looked like an NFL baller on Saturday. The the moves that he was making tight inside. And you're talking about a guy who can run in between the tackles. He's hard to find in between the tackles. That's the problem. I mean, if you give him, you know, that guy, that's a he runs like Gale Sayers. You're talking about give him six inches of daylight and he can get it done. He really can get it done. I mean, you can't find him. And then when he comes out, I mean, if, if you don't get him on his initial cut, he's going to make you miss. I mean, seriously, you're going to be grabbing air. And he ran with a little bit of power, too, between the tackles, I thought, on Saturday. He's an NFL player. I don't. I don't know how you – you just play him. You play him. You don't, you're you not worried about how many carries he gets or whatever. If he's in the game, if Tony Pollard is banged up at any time and you need a guy to give a guy a blow for a series or two series, he's going to be just fine. He yeah. really, really will. He is a tough son of a gun too now.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was making guys miss. It felt like he broke a tackle on every single carry on Saturday. And it's crazy because he's like five six. You wouldn't think he'd be able to break tackles the way that he does, but he can. He could run over some people. Obviously, he's got the shiftiness to where, oh man, if that guy gets you in space, dude, watch oh. out. Like if you're a safety and you've got Deuce Vaughn in the open field, thoughts and no. prayers, my friend, because you might be in trouble. He could break your ankle now.
1: And he's not one of those little guys that you trip up and you grab him by, you hit him in the ankles and he starts tripping up and falling. He goes right through those arm tackles. He doesn't come down that easy. He is, no. He's got some power. He's got nice leverage and he's got. He's got great body lean. Well, hell, he's body lean because he's about two inches from the ground anyway. <laughs> I mean, he leans, and he leans with power, and I like that about him. I want to see him break away. I want to see his speed, why, when he NFL type of speed. That, hey, it only takes 10 yards for a first down. If he averages 10 yards a clip, guess what? People are going to love him.
0: Oh, man. I mean, he averaged over six yards a clip on Saturday, and people love him. So, yeah, it was fun to watch. And, uh, man, he could use that size to his advantage. He's, tar- he's hard to find, right? Like, I think that honestly is an issue – for defensive players trying to bring him down is that, well, he gets lost in all of those big bodies on the line of scrimmage. You lose him for a second and then boom, just like that, he's gone.
1: Well, I I think that was a real case, as you said, on Saturday. Because for me, I always thought, come on, guys, quit using that as an excuse. Oh, he's hiding behind the line. You can't find him. You've been playing football forever. You know where the running back's going to come out and who are. But I was watching on Saturday. I'm like, it's got to be tough on these guys on the defense. I can't see that dude. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I yeah, mean, you yeah, can't yeah. see
1: him you – know, when the center's bent over, you can barely see him over the center's ass when he's back there. No. You know what I'm saying? Almost looks like
0: a almost looks like a make-a-wish kid who somehow I got know, an opportunity man. to be on the field, but then That's he gets it. the rock, and it's like, oh, shit, this
1: guy you can play. You can't touch him. He is, he's going to be really, really good for the Cowboys. He's going to do some really nice things. And I thought Tony Pollard was the gimmick guy. Well, they got a new gimmick guy now. Yeah. They really okay. do.
0: They do, and I, I think he's got a chance to be the uh, backup running back for the Cowboys. I, do, I believe year. so. Like They've got Malik Davis, who didn't play on – or he played a little bit on Saturday, four carries early on. Uh, they've got Ronald Jones, who suspended the first couple of games. I don't think that guy's going to make the team. they got Rico Dowdle. I mean, some guys, but uh, Deuce Vaughn, despite where he was drafted this year, I think he's got a chance to be the uh, number two running back on this I would, Cowboys I would agree. Team. With Tony Pollard coming back from injury, like he, he should be fine by week one of the regular season, but – how effective is he going to be early? Uh, are the Cowboys going to try to limit his workload early? I got, a feeling that,
1: I got a feeling that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want them to. I, I want them to let Tony Pollard get himself going. You know what I mean? And in, in more of it's going to be rust than actual pain and all that stuff. I'd like for them to let him get going. But I, don't think, that, I think they're going to do exactly what you're saying. He's their guy. They want to make sure that he's ready for the entire season. So I think you'll see a lot of Deuce Vaughn in, in early season games. which is, I I guess, it's it's a good thing. It was a good thing for Saturday, for sure. What I don't need to see a lot of is Will Greer. Okay? (laughs) I saw enough of Will Will Greer. And he had a nice game. I mean, he almost had 200 yards. I mean, 22 of 31. But he had some balls that were just – he got away with it. The guys on defense can't catch. That's why they're on defense. But he got away with some things. But, man, he seemed like he was in the entire game. Did he play the entire football game?
0: Uh, Cooper Rush played uh, maybe a quarter and change on Saturday, and he's obviously the Cowboys' backup quarterback. Cooper Rush looked fine. Hell, he's looked good in regular season games when uh, he's needed to play after something happens to Dak. So Cooper Rush is the backup. Will Greer's the emergency guy, but he did play a lot. Yeah, throwing 31 times in a preseason game, you don't see that very often for one guy.
1: Yeah, I thought we were trying to get the run game settled. I guess not.
0: Yeah, if, uh, if if we see Will Greer play this season, then the Cowboys wow. are screwed. Yeah, something went horribly, horribly wrong, and uh, Mike McCarthy's probably losing his job before the season is over.
1: Hell, the only guy who played more than him was Russell Wilson for the Broncos. <laughs> I see Scott Payton's trying to make sure that that guy's ready to go.
0: Yeah, how about Russell that?
1: Got, he got the crap knocked out of him. All night long, that offensive line for Broncos is terrible, and Russell Wilson was taking hits that you take in the regular season, late in the regular season trying to make the playoffs. He was taking playoff hits in the preseason game. But Sean Payton said, hey, I got to get him on the field. We got to go play. It's football, baby. And that's what happened on Saturday. Russell yep. Wilson was in the second quarter, late in the second quarter, still playing. Well, Sean Other Payton. guys are taking two snaps. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes took two snaps and was done. Yep, He was out of the game. Russell Wilson played until halftime.
0: Hey, Mahomes doesn't need to take any snaps right no. now. All right, like, you know, I, it worked last year, and it's worked over Mahomes' career. He has always played a little bit in the preseason, but, man, every time I see that guy out there right now, my heart skips a beat because he's just too damn valuable. He was the most valuable player in the league. Of course, he won the award last year, but even despite that, he's the most valuable player in the league. So I don't think that guy needs any reps in the preseason. No. Russell Wilson needs reps in the preseason. I mean, after the year that he had last year, and look, Sean Payton, he's publicly gone to bat number of times, for Russell Wilson, right? The the stuff he was talking about, the Jets, uh, you know, he's just gone out to bat for Russ a number of different times over the last couple of months. Obviously, he took the job thinking that there's something still there with Russell Wilson, despite what he saw last year. But yeah, that's a guy who actually needs some playing time. That's a guy who needs I to agree. figure things out again, because well, if he fails, then the whole Sean Payton experiment in Denver is going to fail They're going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble because of the contracts that both of those guys have.
1: Yeah, Sean Payton is going to end that. That dude is going to – one of these games, the next couple games, you're going to see Russell Wilson playing to half and then coming out and playing a full third quarter too. I mean, that's unheard of in the NFL for a quarterback, possible Hall of Fame quarterback. He's in there in this part of his career playing three quarters in a preseason game. But you may see that with Sean Payton. You really may.
0: Yeah, Russell Wilson might need to play all four quarters of a preseason game. After what he looked like last year, dude. He needs all the reps that he can get. My God. He looked cooked last season. Uh, Other takeaways from the preseason. We talked about C.J. Stroud's debut on Friday. Once again, the Texans played on Thursday. Look, C.J. Stroud didn't look great. Took a bad sack. Had a horrible, horrible interception. Only played a couple of series, so a very, very small sample size. But an underwhelming debut for him. I guess the good news, if you're a Texans fan, Buck, is that the other two first-round quarterbacks didn't look that great either. No. No. Anthony Richardson threw a pretty bad interception in the Colts' loss against the Bills. And then you talk about bad offensive line play. Dude, I thought Bryce Young was going to die out there. I mean, the Jets' D-line was just teeing off on Bryce Young. He took a few massive hits. And the Panthers, and they had some starters out there on the offensive line too. They were getting worked by the Jets' defensive front. And Bryce Young looked okay. But, man, I think they just had to take him out because they were worried he was going to tear both of his ACLs and every CL that he has in his body.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, Trey Lance must be feeling the same way too for the 49ers because that dude got sacked four times in, in the game. I mean, they got after him too. I mean, these defenses are coming after these quarterbacks in preseason like nobody's business. So um, I did like the kid, uh, what is it, A- Aiden O'Connor that plays, O'Connell that plays, uh, for the? I think he plays with 49ers. I like the way he played in the game against that. I mean, that's a kid who played at Purdue last year was a record-breaking quarterback. He throws it all over the yard. I mean, no, he plays for the Raiders. I'm sorry, yeah, the Raiders.
0: Against the 49ers.
1: Against the 49ers. He looked really, really, he looked like an NFL quarterback ready to get to to try to get to, to push for a starting job. He really does. I like the way he looked. I liked him at Purdue last year. I thought he stood in the pocket really well. He had really nice receivers at Purdue, and they broke a bunch of records, a bunch of NCAA records. But he looks like he's going to have a nice pro career.
0: Hmm. You're calling him the next Drew Brees, the next great quarterback coming out of Purdue? He's a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Yeah, he played really, really well. And look, Jimmy G's the starter in Vegas. That guy's made of glass. So he
1: looked, he looked better than Jimmy G did.
0: Yeah, I mean, odds are at some point this year, Jimmy G's going to get hurt, and O'Connell's going to get some opportunity to play. The Raiders might be the worst team in football this year. I mean, they've got, they've got some competition, right? Arizona is the favorite. They've got the lowest Vegas win total this year. And with the Kyler Murray injury and the uncertainty about when he's going to come back, yeah, it makes sense to assume that they're probably the worst team in football this year. Right. Obviously, Tampa Bay, with their quarterback issues and their everything issues, uh, they're in the mix to be the worst team in football. Probably can't count the Texans out just yet, although there is some optimism with the Mico Ryans down here that maybe the Texans can uh, crawl their way out of the cellar at least a little bit in 2023 that's obviously the hope considering the fact that they don't have their first round draft pick next year but don't sleep on vegas man they could be a, a little bit of a dark horse for the worst team in football because i don't think mcdaniels is a great coach jimmy g always gets hurt devontae adams is already banged up uh, the whole josh jacobs situation is a huge nightmare they've got a lot of issues in sin city this
1: year. They, they really do you're absolutely right and, and the josh jacobs thing is not going to get fixed so that's that's going to be a problem for them now the pack may be back. I liked uh, I like the way Jordan Love played. I thought I thought he had a a really really good game. And Sean Clifford, that's right, the Penn State Nittany Lion. Oh
0: come that's on, that's
1: right. Sean Clifford comes in, looks like Bart Starr out there for the Green Bay Packers. Are you sure he's, he's a not Bart still in-, in him? Oh yeah. okay, okay, he's a got little, little Bart, Bart- Starr in him, yeah. What Pretty I good. mean, put a Bart Starr
0: throw for like fifteen hundred yards in the best year of his career. No. Because That's had, how they played back then.
1: He's he's a good player, Sean Clifford. He looked good in that offense. He really Sean, did.
0: Sean Clifford is not a good player. Okay, <laughs> come on, I, man. I still feel like that guy's at Penn State, and you're pulling my leg because it felt like that guy was in college for about 15 years. He was the yeah, of awesome college
1: football for me. Yeah, he was another guy that had COVID 17 times. Got to play 17 years. So that, that guy stunk
0: in college. There's no way he's all of a sudden good in the NFL. He stinks.
1: Come on, what about Love? Jordan Love's okay.
0: He looked okay yesterday, uh, or on Saturday, whenever that game was. I was, uh, I was a little surprised by that. Um, you know, I'm not super bought into Jordan Love. The reports have been the last couple of years that he looks lost at times. Obviously, he's getting the chance this year with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. But I'm not sold on Jordan Love. He's got to prove a lot to me. I feel like the Packers maybe would have moved on from Aaron Rodgers sooner than they did. Sure. They truly believed in Jordan Love. Uh, so the jury's still out for him. He did play well over the weekend, but uh, I'm I'm not super bought into him just yet. I will say this, Buck, it's going to piss me off to the nth degree if Jordan Love is really good, because I hate the Packers, and it already pisses me off that they went from Hall of Famer Brett Favre to Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. If they all of a sudden have found another stud in Jordan Love, which, once again, I don't think they have, but if he is anything close to his two predecessors... I'm going to be so ticked off, man. Like, I've been waiting my whole lifetime for the Packers to actually not be good and to not have elite quarterback play. And I'm hoping now this is finally the time. Yeah, 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 because, like, I mean, Rodgers kicked the Cowboys' ass every time he played them. So, like, that's – I didn't have to deal with too much Brett Favre, right? Like, that's – you know, I remember watching a play. Obviously, I'm not that young. But most of, like, my painful sports memories from Cowboys-Packers came when Aaron Rodgers was quarterbacking Green Bay – And that guy just time and time again tore my heart out. So because of him, I still hate him. And when the Jets play the Cowboys in week two, I'm terrified for that because I just assume Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way to beat the Cowboys like he always does. And I'm hopeful that the the Packers can finally understand what it's like to not have a franchise-slash-Hall of Fame-level quarterback running their team because it's been a long, long time.
1: I'll say this. I'm so excited about the feud that's going on between the Packers and the Broncos, though. This is so much fun. The this Jets. Is, and the Jets, yeah. I, I I love this. This is this is so much fun for these grown men to act like little kids over some coaches and some coaches' philosophies. And that deal on Saturday where Sean Payton does not allow his players to be on the sideline with bucket hats and sunglasses on. And, I mean, if you look at the difference between what they look like on the sideline this year compared to last year, they all look like pros on the sideline. You don't see it. I mean, they don't have a bunch of chains. And there's no bucket hats. There's no sunglasses on the sideline. Um, and, then I, and, and then, of course, there's Gary Wilson, who has an interview. And he's getting back because they were all over his, of course, over his offensive coordinator, who was the uh, Broncos uh, head coach last year. And he's yeah, got a bucket hat on. He's got a bucket hat on, sunglasses, giving an interview, just sticking it. Just absolutely sticking it to the Broncos.
0: Yeah, basically wearing everything Sean Payton said his players could not wear. That is great. The bucket hat,
1: the jewelry, the
0: sunglasses. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. It is with so the, petty. Uh,
1: it is so petty. It's good.
0: Yep, it is It is great. It is great. All right, we're at the top of the hour. want to give uh, some shout-outs to some other sponsors we have right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Shout-out to SendTextTickets.com. If you're looking for tickets to any sporting event throughout the year, Go see our friends at Sentextickets.com. They've got you covered. NFL, regular season and preseason, college football, MLB, NBA, NHL. It doesn't matter. Every sport, you can find tickets right there online at Sentextickets.com. All of their tickets are 100% guaranteed, so you don't have to worry about scams or scalpers or anything like that. You can buy tickets from the comfort of your own home and get them delivered right there on your phone, plus concert tickets, tickets to Austin City Limits Music Festival and Broadway shows as well. Check them out online at tickets.com.
1: And get ready for those tickets, those Texas versus Texas A&M tickets next year, next year in the SEC. Now, now, Shelby's not, you know, he's not scared to sell some Aggie tickets. He sells Aggie tickets too. So if there's a big game, Texas A&M down at College Station, Sentext tickets is your, your home, For those tickets too, for for Texas and Texas A&M tickets.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we might have some ticket giveaways on this channel throughout the season. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I'm telling you, we're going to be doing a ton of giveaways. You thought uh, our old employer, uh, we gave stuff away on the radio. No, we're about to take things to a whole nother level as a thank you for y'all supporting Texas Sports Unfiltered. So I teased it earlier. I'll say it again. When we get to 5,000 subscribers – we're at 3,800 or so now, so we got a, maybe a couple of weeks to get there. I guess it all depends on you guys. If you spread the word, we'll get to 5K quicker, and we'll have those giveaways quicker. But we're going to have a massive, massive giveaway when we get to 5,000 subscribers on this channel. All, all sorts of cool stuff will be going y'all's way, and it won't just be one winner like we had on the radio. Now we're going to be picking a number of different winners who are going to cash in on some great, great prizes. So keep it locked in to Texas Sports Unfiltered. Another shout out to our friend Ashish over there at 7-Eleven. I said it, Buck. I'll be moving to South Austin. I'll be pretty close to Ashish's 7-Eleven on Monterey Oaks. Go say what's up to him. Great dude. Big Longhorn fan. Big listener of Texas Sports Unfiltered. You could see him comment uh, in the chat room from time to time. He's a great dude. He's always going to take care of you at that Monterey Oaks location. but
1: Hope that family's doing well, too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, uh, going through uh, some family troubles right now. Thoughts and prayers to you, Ashish. But, hey, if you're not in South Austin, go check out 7-Eleven wherever you are. They're all over the state. They're your go-to convenience store for snacks, hot and cold drinks, gas, and so much more. Make sure you download the uh, free 7-Eleven app and get in on that 7-Eleven rewards program as well so big you can uh, cash in on all of those big gulps that uh, that you are buying. Okay, Buck, let's um, – got to talk about this, man.
1: Come on, tell me about Daryl Morey. Oh, you want to do – all right, let's do Daryl I Morey. Hear, I need to hear what's going on here for my we'll- Philadelphia 76ers now.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the James Harden drama, and then we'll get to the uh, conspiracy theories surrounding the crazy lady on that flight out of DFW from a couple of weeks ago. And she actually released another video, this time apologizing for her actions on that uh, American Airlines flight. So we'll have both of those for you, and we'll talk about the crazy conspiracy surrounding whether or not it's the same person from the airplane freakout and the apology video. We'll talk about that in a second, but how about this out of the NBA? So we know James Harden requested a trade a couple of months ago. And for a while, we thought that he was going to leave the Sixers in free agency. And then all of a sudden, no, that's not the case. He ended up opting into his player option. So he's a member of the Philadelphia 76ers right now, but it sounds like he wants to get out of Philly as soon as he possibly can. Well, how about this? This is a, from China he was overseas doing an event with Adidas and here's James Harden calling 76ers president of basketball operations Daryl Morey a liar uh, Daryl
1: Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of Let me say that again Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of these About guys that. have been kind of tight here, I mean, yep. they've been tight. I don't, that's flat out. Just said, this dude is a liar. He said it twice. He said it twice.
0: Yeah. Just to make sure there was no miscommunication man. going on. He said it once. And then he's like, let me be clear. And then he said it again. And man, James Harden has been with Daryl Morey forever. Right. Cause Daryl Morey was running the Rockets for a long time. Daryl Morey was the guy who made the trade to bring James Harden to Houston in the first place. And obviously, Daryl Morey made the trade to bring him to Philadelphia from the Brooklyn Nets last year. Like, those guys have been attached at the hip for the majority of both of their NBA careers. And it's like the assumption has been is that, hey, they're boys. Like, they love each other, and they're always going to you know stick up for one another. But now you've got James Harden taking it to the public, man, just calling out Daryl Morey. Putting him on blast in China.
1: In China? Come on, man. Your favorite country. Was he wearing? Was he wearing like a heavy man suit too? Again, or is that just that he's gotten a little out of shape again? You think it looked like? Yeah, it looked like he had a fat suit on there for a second.
0: Yeah, the fat suit will be making a comeback. That's what it will be. That's what he did to get out of Houston. So if he's trying to get his way out of uh, Philly, you know the fat suit is coming back. Not
1: the fat suit again. Come on, James. You know
0: it's just sitting there in his closet. He's got it next to all of his jerseys and all of his other shirts. Just that fat suit. He pulls it off the hanger, throws it on, and then, boom, just like that, he'll get the trade that he's looking for.
1: He had a decent year with the Sixers last year now. I mean, those guys are pretty good. He and and Embiid and the kid Maxie, that's who I feel bad for. But that young dude has to go through all this with this old crusty veteran now who gets his way everywhere he goes. He just seems to get out. If he wants out of Brooklyn, he gets out of Brooklyn. If he wants out of Houston, he gets out of Houston. You know, it just – the NBA, these guys, they just – that is the tail wagging the dog for sure. I mean, it, yep. it's just not changing whatsoever. But I want James Harden back in Philly. <laughs> I, I, need, I need him back. Oh, man. I need him back for one more year.
0: Yeah, I don't so know after what the next plan year,
1: Joel Embiid's going to be out of there anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the plan would be if uh, James Harden isn't there in Philadelphia. Like, I, I don't think they can win a championship with James Harden in Philly – they did switch coaches. I feel like they upgraded over Doc Rivers, who was a perennial playoff choker. But still, I just, a, a team with James Harden at this point, with how deep the Eastern Conference is, I True. don't know how good I feel about the Sixers' chances to win at all. I'll tell you what, I'll feel better about it if they do have James Harden versus if they don't have James Harden, because sure. they're not going to be able to make a trade to bring in an established star. Like if they're trading James Harden, it's going to be for draft picks, because a team that is trying to acquire Harden is not going to be trading established star players because, well, they want Harden and that guy. That's they don't want true. to trade that guy for Harden. They want to have Harden added to the team with all of the established players already. So I don't think the Sixers uh, are going to get the return they're looking for. No. Daryl Morey has basically come out and said that we're not going to trade this guy for nothing. And I don't blame him for not wanting to trade James Harden for nothing. So this. Well, uh, how do you
1: know that? Because he's a liar. Dude, right. He's a liar.
0: Well, I'm, Dude, I'm, I'm siding with Daryl Morey 10 times out of 10 here, right? I mean, think about James Harden's past. Like, this is over the last four years. This guy has made so many requests, and they've all been granted, and he's never happy about anything. When he was with the Rockets, he wanted the Rockets to get Chris Paul. Well, the Rockets did that. They had a great year. Chris Paul gets hurt in the conference finals. James Harden got mad about that. He wanted Chris Paul shipped out of town. Then he wanted Russell Westbrook. Okay, so the Rockets made a trade with the Thunder. Hey, you guys take CP3. We'll take Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook didn't work in Houston. Then James Harden's like, I don't want to be in Houston anymore. So he asks out. Then he gets what he wants. He gets shipped out of Houston to go to Brooklyn. Uh, Then he wants Kevin Durant. Well, then he wants Kevin Durant gone. Then he wants out of Brooklyn. Then he wants out of Philly. I mean, it's just over the last four years, this guy has asked for everything, dude. He is one of the biggest divas in the history of sports. Forget just the NBA. Yeah, and he's got what he wants. Yeah, and he always gets what he wants, too. And at some point, he's going to get what's coming to him. And his play has started to fall off. like. I don't know if he's still a superstar player in the NBA anymore, like he was for the majority of his career in Houston. So at some point, people are going to stop giving him exactly what he wants, and he's going to get some karma for what he's gotten away with over the last few years. So well, when maybe, he becomes
1: when he comes a true number three, which yeah. he's borderline right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe Daryl Morey is lied right now. Sure. Maybe Morey has lied about something, Buck, but I, I, I'm not siding with James Harden over anybody no. right now because that guy is, is just a pain in the ass, 24-7, 365.
1: Yeah, and, and as I said, this is only going to hurt the uh, organization in Philadelphia because they've got a young guard that's that's going to be fantastic. They really do. This kid's maxi is is a special player that's starting to come into his own. This is this can't help him to no. walk like this.
0: about James Harden wearing a shirt a size too big to protect a fat suit? Pro <laughs> move. <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta answer Bradley on this one. What does uh what does James Harden's beard smell like?
1: Oh man. What
0: do you think's in there?
1: Toe jam, probably.
0: Toe jam. Yeah. How does that get in
1: there? Yeah, well, James Harden gets to the clubs. And I mean, they don't have they got better clubs in Houston than they do in Philly. Yep. So I'm sure in the offseason he gets back and gets plenty of toe jam up in that beard. Does he Rex Ryan? Does he have a foot fetish? Oh, he does. Absolutely. Ugh. He is a freak.
0: Yeah, James
1: hard. I don't, I'm i not. But you know what? We need him one more year in Philly. Give it okay. one more shot. Give it you one more him shot. Back. Dude,
0: he's, he's going to bring out the fat suit. He's not even going to try for y'all this year. That's how he works. If he wants out, he just stops trying.
1: He's just going to wear that straight through the summer and into fall camp? Uh-huh. That's awful.
0: It'll fake some sort of injury there, so uh, more drama surrounding the beard. Nothing new. This guy is a mess, and uh, yeah, now people thought he wanted to go back to Houston in free agency so he could be with those strippers again. Because, like <laughs> you, he's got to put some of them through school. You know, Somebody has to own- put them through
1: school. Come <laughs> on, man! You did that at the Yellow Rose for years. All James Harden's education. doing that at
0: all the clubs down here.
1: It's all about the education. All about the education. You know, so yeah. it's. Somebody's got to do it. James Harden is a part of that.
0: You're all about the kids. Hey, when are the, uh, when are the tips for kids coming back? Speaking of kids,
1: starting tomorrow. I think we've started school in this area. Okay. I think school, I think school has begun. So the relax the back tip for kids in the car line will start tomorrow. There you go. I good. got a great one to start. I got a great one to start for these kids. Better than, hey, watch your, wash your filthy hands, the little animals. I got yeah. something better than that to start out. Keep be washing Jay- those hands.
0: Is it going to be James Harden related? Possibly. Yeah. Go save hang out your, with James save, Harden.
1: Save up your coins, kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's coming your way tomorrow. Yeah, really looking forward to that. The relax the back tip for kids in the car line as school gets back in session all throughout the state of Texas. And let me, and let me
1: tell you that. In this, in this state, I know these parents can't wait for them to get back in school because it's been a hot summer. Yep. These kids have been in the house a lot.
0: Oh, dude, you know? that's, that's the best day of every parent's year is back to school day. It's the worst day for the kids. It's the best day for the parents. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, my parents weren't shy about that. Like, uh, they saw how much I was pissed off that school was coming back, and they were the happiest people in the world. When Why they are they so happy that off. you
1: got to go back to school? Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, every parent loves that, dude. They get, like, eight hours without their kids now. That's huge for them.
1: Yeah, and, don't, and don't forget our our good friends over at Relax the Back, they will also be giving away two of these incredible chairs, which I'm sitting in right now. And I love my friends at Relax the Back because I've been looking for that kind of comfort for my back for over 20 years now it's been since I had thoracic back reconstruction. And I needed to have a chair, BK, that was going to fit me, that I could sit here and talk, or I could just sit and watch sports, or I could just sit anywhere in. And they have the most comfortable backs there are in the business. And They've got over 90 stores throughout the country. They've got two locations in, in the Austin and surrounding areas. And, folks, you got to believe that when it comes to your back, you want to have all the coverage you can get. And my friends at Relax the Back, where you're going to get it, what they're going to do is they're going to give away two chairs. Last year for me, they gave away a, a chair to a teacher, and we want to do the same thing. In the Austin and surrounding area, we gave away a, a Relax the Back, over a $2,000 chair to a teacher, somebody that had been – educating our kids who really needed some some support in their back, we gave away one. Well, this year, Jason Caldwell over at Relax the Back is going to give away two. They want to give one away in the Austin area, and they've also got Relax the Back stores down in San Antonio. and They want to give a chair to a teacher down in that area. So at the end of the first semester or the middle of the first semester whatever, we'll be giving away two Relax the Back chairs. And I love those folks because, I mean, they're almost putting up $5,000 dollars to help a teacher be relaxed. And then this could be a teacher that has been teaching for 30 years or somebody that just got in the business, educating our kids, but Jason Caldwell and relaxed back. Those folks want them to be comfortable sitting around teaching a little monsters. They really do. They want them to feel good about what they're doing because if they're comfortable, the kids will be more comfortable. So as I said, these chairs are fantastic. There are two locations. One's in the Hill Country Galleria across from the Whole Foods. And in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store, it's Relax the Back. Yeah, and
0: we'll come up up with a way for uh, people to nominate their favorite teacher for that uh, free chair giveaways that we're going to do with Relax the Back. So we want to make sure it's actually a teacher who gets this thing. I know you people out there are prone to lying, so people will say that they're teachers so they can cash in on these amazing chairs. Absolutely, we're going to we're going to vet. We're going to make sure that uh, an actual teacher is uh coming away with these great chairs from relax the back i'll tell you what i need to go to relax the back as soon as i move to austin because I'm sitting in a lawn chair
1: right now what? That? a freaking lawn chair, <laughs> lawn I mean, chair. Really? Yep. Just it, just get it from the neighborhood pool and just take it over to your house a lawn chair <laughs> oh my god
0: yeah it's just been sitting in the garage at this house for oh. the last couple of years and I had to move rooms because my Wi-Fi has been a little spotty. So I'm in a different studio today. I'm plugged into the router to make sure the internet was better. And we sounded and looked better today. And the only chair that I could find that is, uh, I got the cup holders. I got the lawn chair set up. We're ready for some youth soccer <laughs> game.
1: The after umbrella? Bring in the umbrella next. <laughs> That's what you got to have. But you know what? We can hear you loud and clear. You look good. The sound is fantastic. And Thanks to everybody for getting me all geared up because I could not do this myself because I am totally ignorant when it comes to all this, this equipment, all this sound equipment and stuff. And we're going to be looking forward because we're going to be in places for pregames for Texas Longhorn football. We will be somewhere. Yep. Believe me, we are going to be out there and our signal, you'll be able to hear us loud and clear. And Selena won't be playing. not, I love Selena, but she won't be playing when I'm talking.
0: Nope. She won't. She yes. won't. How, how about this? Uh, your tip for parent in the car line from, or tips for parents in the car line from Lupe, <laughs> having loud monkey sex when we drop the kids off. Oh, great! Someone's getting a tiff that day. There I'll you go. You what, I'll tell you what, man. Right, man. Doug, we will. Uh, we'll get into some Texas Longhorn football conversation in a little bit. We talked a lot about the offense in the first hour of the show. And by the way, we podcast every hour of this show. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple. You can find it on Google Podcast. It's all right there for you. So once we're off the air at 10, you'll be able to go back and listen to our breakdown of what took place on the offensive side of the football for the Longhorns in their first fall scrimmage of the year that took and, place on Saturday. BK, let me
1: ask you, is that Ricky Williams uh, podcast still out there for for viewers to to get back to? Because I've been hearing an awful lot about that Yep, around this town and, and, and around the area that he was just about as candid as Ricky's ever been. It was an awful lot of fun to have him on for 45 minutes. last week. It was, it was a good way to start off the show.
0: Absolutely. Yes. You can find that conversation on YouTube if you want to watch it, but it's also available in podcast form on Spotify and Apple as well. All right, Buck. I, I don't know if you've talked about this. I don't know if you've seen this before. This has been a massive story over the last couple of weeks. Just maybe the most viral video we've had here in the summer of 2023 where a woman on an American Airlines flight leaving the DFW airport, funny enough, just had a massive, massive meltdown. She was channeling some Final Destination vibes before her flight took off from DFW. And I'll show you a video. Maybe you've seen this before, maybe you haven't. But here's a video of this woman just having a massive, massive meltdown as she walks up the aisle of this American Airlines flight, claiming that there is like a ghost or somebody on the plane who shouldn't be there. Check it out.
2: I'm telling you, I'm getting the fuck off, and there's a reason why I'm getting the fuck off. And everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two fucks, but I am telling you right now that mother fuck, that mother back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane and you can die with them or not. I'm not going.
1: I'd have had to donkey punch her as she went by my aisle. I'm telling you, she would have got one right in the ribs. Get your ass off this plane, you nut. Really.
0: She's just pointing to someone at the back of the plane saying that that mf
1: -er is not real. Like he's an alien? Like a space alien up in the plane with me? I can't believe
0: You hadn't seen that before?
1: That's why I go to the airport like five hours before takeoff, because I would have spotted this lady right here. And she would have never been able to get on that plane. I would have tackled her and stuffed her in one of the trash cans. There's no way. I go to airports hours ahead of scheduled flights because I have to personally look at the people that are going to be on the flight. Because I want to know who the crazy one is that I'm going to have to go after. Because when things start to go bad, I'm going to already know. That one I saw before she got on the plane. I would have searched her out before. I would have known that she was about to go nuts. What, what are you, TSA? You're giving ocular pat-downs to random people at the airport? No, no. I, I profile people before I get on a plane with them. I profile people. Sorry about that. If you're wearing different types of garb than I wear, you know what I mean? If you're a crazy, if you're going back and forth and walking back and forth, if you're breastfeeding a 14-year-old kid, uh-uh. No, I am not. This is not happening. I will not let that happen. What do you that mean you're, no, been you're been not gone. gonna let
0: that happen? What do you do? You 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 don't get you kick her off the plane, you talk to the travel agent, and you say she can't get on the flight or he can't get on the flight? Do
1: you ever hear in the airports if there's somebody suspicious, please report them. You know, when, you know, don't leave your bags by themselves. If there's a suspicious character around, report them. I would have had her in the first five minutes of being there. I would have called up and said, Hey, there's one here that can't get on a plane. She's already she's nuts. I don't let her get on this plane. It's not going to happen. Nope. I would have hmm. tackled her in the hallways. <laughs> I uh, t- You couldn't tell she was. Cr- that lady smells of crazy. Well,
0: I mean, that's all I've seen of her is that video. So now I know she's crazy. I don't know if I would have been able to tell before I got on the plane that she was crazy.
1: You don't think she would have got a karate chop? If she went down that aisle talking that stuff, that I would have gave, wah, right in the right in the ribs. <laughs> oh, she's down. And let's drag her out. Oh yeah. I would have dra- I would have helped drag her out. You would have gotten arrested for what? She's nuts. She's. I mean, we're trying to get out of the place. You still can't assault her, dude. She's dude, verbally. That- she's she's attacking like ghosts on planes, snakes <laughs> on planes. I mean, what what kind of weird shit is that? I would. She would have gone down if she would have come by with her, her midriff open like that. I would have gone, wah. Yeah, down she goes. Let's start dragging her. And I guarantee you, people would have got of their seats to help me drag that lady off the plane.
0: Dude, how about this? They had to deplane, and the flight got delayed for three hours because of that.
1: Must be Delta. Again, spokesperson <laughs> for Delta. Had to be a Delta airline for sure. Yeah, no, it was
0: American. Yeah, she because of that freakout, I guess enough people were like, oh, no, what the hell is she talking about? That they decided to deplane, and they had to delay everything for hours just to make sure that everything was okay.
1: How about Ghostbuster in the back, though? I mean, that dude's just there. He's like, I'm trying to get home. I'm trying. I'm. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get to Austin. And Ghostbuster's being attacked by this lady because she's she's seeing things.
0: Dude, if this happened on a flight I was on, I would have believed her and I would have gotten off that plane as soon as I possibly could. <laughs> oh,
1: see, you yep. can't let that lady. That's why she would have had to go down. That's I've why seen- I'm dragging her off by her feet.
0: I've seen a few of those Final Destination movies, man. I'm not no, taking man. any chances. If someone tells me that I'm going to die, if I stay on that flight, then I am no. getting off that flight as fast as I possibly can.
1: I'm not buying into Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes is off. She's off first, <laughs> and then I'll get the Ghostbusters later. I'm a, I'm not, <laughs> but really, I'm, I'm not, not letting her go down. She's not walking down that aisle as clean as she walked down here like nothing's happening. Now, has she made a rebuttal to this?
0: Yeah, she has. So hold on. Before we play the rebuttal, I want to ask you about something you said a couple of minutes ago. You said something about a woman breastfeeding a 14-year-old. Now, have you actually seen a woman breastfeed a 14-year-old in public?
1: I was on a recruiting trip from Boston International Airport, and this lady had a poncho on. She was wearing a poncho. Obviously, she had just had a kid two, two, eight, 12 years ago or whatever. But there's this kid just acting, you know, as of course, I'm at the airport two and a half hours before the flight takes off. And I'm standing in the waiting area and just kind of roaming around and I'm profiling everybody that comes through and yeah, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Well, the lady with the poncho comes and this kid is like eight years old. I mean, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to say 14, but the kid is eight. The kid can run a marathon. You know, she's dragging him down the hall. We're trying to get to the spot to sit him down. And he's acting up like most – well, not like most eight-year-olds eight do because by eight, mom and dad's got him pretty tamed, calmed down at least a little bit. Well, this kid's crying and whining. And she lifts up her poncho, and the kid goes up underneath the poncho, and all I hear is this <laughs> – I'm like, whoa, what is the hell is going on here? This woman's breastfeeding her like almost adult kid. <laughs> this kid has been. This kid is like a puppy getting after it. So he's up underneath there. You're hearing all these sounds. She unlists the deal. Kids all calm again. I'm like, how long is this going to go on in this kid's life?
0: Wow. So the kid was standing up, just sucking no, he, away. It-
1: No, no, she wasn't on the kid was not on the lap. I told you the kid would look like a marathon runner, like he just came from the Boston Marathon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so the kid can stand up. The kid's eight, of course, (laughs) he can stand up. He's an eight year old kid, nine year old kid. He looks like a marathon runner.
2: Yeah, eight year
0: olds are running marathons these days.
1: Well, I mean, it's not a two year old or a three year old or 16 months. The kid is at least eight. So, did, Between eight and twelve, and he's still on it. So did, he's still suckling. He's I mean, like, what date? is this? Oh, I mean, is watch? the mom going to jail, Does is the kid go to jail with it? the kid go to juvenile court, or what is this?
0: I don't think you that's illegal. That? I just think it's creepy and wrong, but I don't think it's illegal.
1: So, what did you did you watch? I listened. You didn't have to watch. You could hear it. Aisle's over. You know, and what, these two, uh, you know, this two, this kid, that is Phil. I mean, this. This little dude filled up because this was about five minutes. I had, that that mom must have lost fourteen pounds while that kid went underneath that poncho. She had a poncho on, mm. yeah, like poncho. Villa. I right, get underneath here, kid.
0: Well, it, was, on- it was wet underneath there, clearly. So, oh my goodness, what what she look what she look like? Did you think about uh, maybe trying to get under that
1: poncho? Oh, no, 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 no. This was a. She was in her. I'm gonna say she was in her 30s. Okay. When the kid was in his 20s, it seemed like. But no, it was just a weird, it was a weird scene at, at Boston Airport. But of course, unlike the regular people, I had to pay attention. Everybody else is like going about their business. But this just happened to catch my eye because I'm in the middle of profiling everybody that comes through there because they're going to get on this plane.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I did yep. get a lady to wink, wink when I got on that plane, like, hey, great job of shutting that kid down. Yeah. I mean, it shut him up. He shut up. <laughs> once he was, once he had a couple gallons in him, he was so quiet. <laughs> oh, that is gross.
0: That was oh, gross. And, but I would have been watching too. All right. So of course you yeah, I'd, I'd probably would have gone under there too. Uh, okay. So one more time, I'm going to show you this video, at least part of the video of the woman freaking out on this American airlines flight, leaving Dallas. I think you're the last person in the world to have seen this Buck. I, I can't believe you hadn't seen this until now. But here it is. Just remember what she looks like, okay? Because we have an apology video from this woman, and there's a conspiracy that the woman from the airplane freakout is not the same woman who apologized claiming to be the woman from the airplane freakout. So take a look at this uh, original video once again. I'm
2: telling you, I'm getting the fuck off, and there's a reason why I'm getting the fuck off and everyone. can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two f but I am telling you right that mother back there is not real, and you can sit on this plane and you can die with them or not. I'm not going.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Down she goes. Oh, but off the plane man. she goes. Oh man. All right. So that's
0: what she looks like. The internet, of course, as the internet does, finally identified her. Her name is Tiffany Gomez. And this video comes from this weekend. So she released an apology video. It's over two minutes long. I'm not going to play the entire thing because it's just too long and it gets boring after a while. But you tell me if you think the woman from the video you just saw is the same woman as the video you're about to see.
2: Hi, everyone. It's me, Tiffany Gomez, probably better known as the crazy plain lady, which is completely warranted. As you know, I have been unwilling to speak on the viral video, but I do finally feel that it's time. First and foremost, I want to take full accountability for my actions. They were completely unacceptable. Distressed or not, I should have been, I should have been in control of my emotions and that was not the case. My use of profanity was completely unnecessary, and I want to apologize to everyone on that plane, especially those that had children aboard. Can't imagine going through that and trying to explain to your kid what in the world just happened. We all have our bad moments, um, some far worse than others, and mine happened to be caught on camera for the whole world to see, Multiple times. Sorry. Trying not to sound like Minnie Mouse. Um, well, it has been really comical for...
1: That's not the same woman. <laughs> You're oh, buying man. into
2: the
0: internet conspiracy that it is a different woman in that it's video than the woman, woman on the plane.
1: That's a different woman.
0: Ugh. I don't know, man. I mean, makeup is a
1: hell of a drug, isn't it? Yes, it is. And early in the mornings, I'm going to start putting some around these eyes for sure. Here, but that's that's not the same person.
0: You're wearing um, makeup
1: now. Could you know? I'm I not, guess a, yeah, I'm you could. Good. But why would you? Because I like to look at my best. Even mm. in the, early in the mornings, I like to look at my best. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. Okay. The How are these looking? These Dr. Eckard, wonderful. This. Group of teeth right here, these beautiful veneers. Those look good. These look good. They feel good too.
0: Let me ask: Do you have to brush those fake teeth, or are they just clean all the time?
1: They're mostly clean all the time, but I slap a little polish on them every once in a while.
0: (laughs) You know, go to the dentist twice a year. That's the only time they brush your teeth.
1: I, I, oh, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big dentist fan, but when I do go it is to get these babies all cleaned up and they are looking good. I got that Denzel smile, that smile. I always wanted to have took me a while, but I got it now. That's Mm -hmm. what I wanted to have. I was not very confident in my smile when I, when I first got into this business or even when I first got into coaching BK, it looked like some, I had a thing of corn in my mouth when I would smile. I mean, it was like, it was bad. Then I got to my good, good friend, Craig Eckert. And he said, let's hook you up. What, What kind of smile do you want? I said, that dude, Denzel, in Training Day, I want that smile. He wasn't smiling that much in Training Day. Yeah, but I wanted that smile, and we got it all hooked up. Man. And I am so happy, man. That that gives me a hell of a lot of confidence. But no, folks, that's not the same woman.
0: Okay, if you saw that woman breastfeeding an eight-year-old at the airport, you would get under that poncho, though, would you? I
1: say, yo, kid, get out of here. That's <laughs> my turn now, kid. What's wrong with you? Yeah, that's that's not the same lady. That's that's. No, no, I I, know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you mind.
0: know, it's probably an early morning flight. You know, a lot of women don't put on makeup before getting on a plane. They wait till they get to their destination before they start to try to look good. And she was clearly wearing a shit ton of makeup in that apology video. So,
1: well, that other one knew that she was going to be going crazy. It was almost she had that was premeditated nuts right there.
0: Look at all of these comments, people saying they would with the uh, with that girl. From yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just, that's, that's, I'm not buying on that one. Mm. I what can't about, buy the, the, what about one? the
0: waterworks? She started crying after uh, apologizing for.
1: That looked more she like didn't. her than that other lady did. I look yeah. like the waterworks girl, but that one right there. No, mm. I know people get, I mean, get stressed out, but that is. I like to stress out, like by myself somewhere in a room. You know what I mean? Scream yeah. in a room. I want to be on in a plane going nuts, dropping f bombs and MFers on kids? I mean, <laughs> claiming really that, claiming I mean, that there's a, a ghost. I'm seriously, if I hear that and that person's coming down the aisle, yeah, they do. I do go kung fu on them on the way down the aisle, screaming like that. I got my kid right there, and you're dropping mfs. Hmm, that's got to be a battle, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. I am uh, I am going to slide into the DMs of Tiffany Gomez because she Please is do. very attractive and hopefully uh, can make for a good story right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But I'm going real person. I'm going same person. You're going different person? Okay.
1: We'll find out soon enough. I guess we
0: will. All right, before we shift gears and get back into some sports conversation, uh, some love to our friends over there at Woods Comfort Systems. Hey, if your AC isn't working, My God, don't suffer any longer. Reach out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. They've been in business for more than 60 years, and they provide the best HVAC services that you can find. They are dedicated to keeping you comfortable in your home in every season. AC, maintenance, repair, and installation. They do duct work. They do attic insulation. And, oh, by the way, they have plumbing services as well. They want to make you as cool and comfortable in your house all year Around. check them out online at woods comfort systems.com our buddy david partain is going to take care of you once again the website woods comfort systems.com or give them a call 512-842-5066 512-842-5066 woods comfort systems where comfort is our middle name
1: bk did you uh did you feel i mean when you when you after you watch the cowboys do you think the the rest of the country i know we're in this part of the country and we love us some Dallas Cowboys. But for those that have never seen Deuce Bond, if you didn't see him going from high school to college to K State to the Dallas Cowboys, you know, would would you, as a just regular fan, look at that guy and say, that's a pretty good running back? I mean, I mean, we know him because we we're still amazed at what he does for his for his size, the, the incredible play that he has. Now, for those that have never seen him out there, would you have been a just a regular fan going, wow, that guy's just, was a college player. Does it matter what round he was drafted? I mean, would, are you that impressed on what you saw from him?
0: If I didn't know who Deuce Vaughn was and Saturday's Cowboys preseason game was the first time I ever saw him play, mm-hmm. I would act like that woman on the airplane and say, that motherfucker's not real. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it's it doesn't make sense that a guy his size, and I know we've seen it with a few different players over the history of the NFL, but... The Barry fact Sanders, that guy yeah. is, is well, this guy's smaller than Barry Sanders. Oh, no, yeah, not. for sure. He's not going to be Barry Sanders. But, you know, Darren Sproles, that's the obvious comp, right? They both played at K-State. They're both incredibly small. Darren Sproles had a fantastic borderline Hall of Fame NFL career. Yep. Like, oh, man, if Deuce Vaughn can be like 50% of Darren Sproles, I think that's a huge hit for the Cowboys. But it's amazing a guy of that size and stature can play the way that he does. And look, it was a preseason game. He was going up against the Jags second team defense. And maybe there were some third team guys in there as well. But man, I I love that draft pick. That was the favorite. That was my favorite pick the Cowboys made. Really? I love the overshone pick. Obviously, pumped that overshone is on the Cowboys too. And he had a really, really good debut on Saturday. Some Cowboys fans are taking notice of what Agent Zero did. And I'm excited to see that guy's versatility in Dan Quinn's defensive scheme. But, now it's so nice to actually get to root for Deuce Vaughn now. That guy is a freaking stud, and I think he's going to be RB2 for the Cowboys. And I really do think, despite where he was drafted and despite the size and physical limitations that he might have, I think that guy's going to be a player in this league for years to come. I really do.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just wondering if what you saw is when, when those guys play defense. As I said, though, before, I said, man, they've been playing football a long time they've seen little players they've seen smallish type of players they find ways to get to him. but he was hard to he was hard to bring down that was that was the deal with me they they would hit him even up top you know physically these big defensive linemen linebackers would come up and hit him and he spun right off of them he didn't go down there was there was no nobody got a real solid hit on Deuce Vaughn on Saturday which was hard for me to believe I'm thinking well he's going to slide off and one of these secondary when he's safety, he's going to come up and just Just lay him out. And they did not. He spun on everybody. You know, they tried to they tried to do the things they've done to him in college, where they try to get him down low and trip him up. You can't trip him up. His body lean and his leverage and his balance are fantastic. So you didn't trip him up. He'll just bounce right up and continue to move on. That's that's what that surprised me, really.
0: Yeah. I feel like if you're a defensive player and you see Deuce Vaughn for the first time, you're like, oh, this guy is nothing. This guy's right. going to be so easy to tackle. Yeah. Why is this guy even in the league? What is he doing here? And then all of a sudden you get him in space and it's like, oh shit, no, this this dude can play. Very impressive. And I said it earlier, man, thoughts and prayers to any safety who has to deal with Deuce Vaughn one-on-one in space because he's going to break your ankles. He did that. He made a couple of guys look foolish on Saturday against the Jags. So, that's what he does, man. He looks like he'd be easy as hell to bring down, but he's just not. Yes, he's no. slippery. He can run through those arm tackles. Obviously, he's shifty as heck, too. Uh, he's a fun player, man. A really, really fun talent. So That's going to be
1: great for the Cowboys. What a great pick.
0: Oh, man. I mean, from the fourth round on with, like, every pick the Cowboys had, I was just hoping and praying that they were going to announce that Deuce Vaughn was the guy. And then finally – and it's really cool because Deuce Vaughn's dad actually works for the Cowboys too. Right, he's
1: in the scouting department, yep. Yeah,
0: so that moment I think everybody remembers from the draft, that video of uh, Deuce's father calling Deuce basically saying that we drafted you. That was awesome. And, yeah, that was uh, one of my favorite picks. You know, I'm, of course, a little biased because I'm a Cowboys fan, but just in terms of value in general, that was one of my favorite picks of the entire NFL draft. Because, yeah, every Big 12 fan probably hated Deuce Vaughn unless you root for K-State. For sure, every big 12 fan knows how good that guy can be. So uh, yeah, excited, excited to have him in Dallas for sure. All right, Buck, let's, uh, let's get back into the Longhorns a little bit here. We opened up the show talking about the offensive side of the football and some of our biggest takeaways from the fall scrimmage that took place over the weekend on the 40 acres. You brought up Alfred Collins though, at the start, we'll bring him up again. By all accounts, he's making the move and finally putting some things together That'd be huge for this defense if that five star out of Bastrop can actually look like a five star this year.
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm still of the belief that, you know, some kids just they don't get it right away, and it takes some kids some time. And in his senior year, we've 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 now reached the, the point of he doesn't have any more time after this. He's got to do it. This is you know you, you do it now or you just get cut loose and you're you're out there you're a free agent somewhere. But this is a guy who came into the the University of Texas as a five-star player with a five-star body, he had all the all the potential there was, and there were people that always wondered about: Is it his motor? Because talent-wise, it's there. Motor-wise and heart. What a lot of people, when you say the word motor, your motor generally is, means your heart. You know what I mean? That you can consistently go and, you know, you have that 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 kind of ability on whether you get knocked punched in the face. One play, you're back getting punched the next play, and now you're starting to do the punching. But they, I, I think people always wondered about his heart. Is, is his heart really in it? Is this what he really, really wants to do? I mean, look like Tarzan play like Jane. You know what I'm saying? They, they wonder if he was one of those kind of guys. You know, it looks great coming off the bus, but is not going to get it done on the field. I think he's reached that level because he doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have another choice, BK. This is it. This is, is his it? choice. And maybe – uh, maybe his defensive line coach has got him to the point of he can fire him up each and every down or maybe the kid himself has got himself to the point where I've just got to get it done there's nothing that should be holding me back physically uh, mentally do I is this what I want to do for a living and is this what I, I mean you you came to it's like receivers that come to school receivers that go play at Texas if they can't catch the ball how the hell did you get a scholarship to come to Texas well right well, you can't catch. How did somebody get, why did somebody give you a uh, $200,000 scholarship to come here and drop the football? Your job is to catch the ball for Alfred Collins. He had that body coming out of high school. Your job is to be a menace on defense. What is it that has been holding you back? You don't, is it that you don't have the heart? Is it that you didn't have the guy, you know, Bo, is Bo Davis not getting through to him? We hear about Bo Davis being this fantastic coach. Why hasn't it gotten through to them? But it sounds like now it's getting through, and it's just taken this amount of time. You know, some guys mature earlier and some guys mature late. Most of them, by their junior years, get it. You understand, yeah. They do not a, Not a lot of guys pop up in their senior year and become all, these, all of a sudden an outstanding player. It's a, some, it's a slow process. But by your junior year, at this level, you know that you can play football or people around you know that you're this type of football player. It's just taking him longer. That's all I'm gonna say. I think it's just taking him longer. I don't have any we've waited. I don't have any other thing. What else can I say? I mean, we've been we've been waiting since he was a freshman because he had the skill set and the body set, but the mentality did he have it? It's it feels like maybe this is it. But I'm like you. I'm gonna wait and see. But I'm gonna think Bo Davis has finally got to him. It's
0: now or never, like you said. I mean, this is Alfred Collins' senior year. And my guess is that guy has had aspirations of playing in the NFL since he was in about eighth grade. You're right. And, you know, once he went to Texas as a five-star, you're thinking, all right, just a few years and then boom, I'll be playing on Sundays. But this is Alfred Collins' last chance to prove that he can be a Sunday player. He's got a massive opportunity in front of him. And uh, yeah, if he's able to finally live up to that potential, that'd be huge for him personally. Obviously, that would be huge for this Texas defense too, because that guy... Has the ability to be one of the more disruptive players in college football. We just yeah, haven't do. seen him put it together yet. Hopefully, he does.
1: Yeah, they put him. They've moved him around in some different positions. Asked him to do some different things. You know, originally they wanted him to be a defensive end and just hold a point out there. And I don't think he had that kind of flexibility. And then they moved him inside. And then they had him gain weight. I think this dude is almost three hundred pounds now. He's a massive monster of a guy yeah. that that looks as thin as can be. He doesn't look three hundred pounds, but. He is, and he's big, and he's strong, and he and he's physical. Now it's just the mental, the mental part of the game that just has to go along with it. Yep. I mean, certain guys are just finesse guys. They will play through college as finesse football players, and you'll be, you'll get ticked off because you you want them to be physical. You want them to be physical, but instead of going and going bone on bone smack, they'd rather go and go around the guy and not take that physicality. This guy should be big enough to go. Bone on bone and through gas. that's how yeah. big he is. So yeah. if his technique is right and his heart is in the right place, guys should be an All-American.
0: Yeah, he's listed at 313.
1: 313.
0: Right yeah, he's wow. a, a big dude, but he doesn't look fat, right? He is no. well built, and that's why people think he's got the chance to be a really, really good player. We've been saying that for years. The hope is, once again, he finally puts it together this year. But, yeah, that, that interior of the defensive line – It's one of the strengths of the team, Buck, especially if Alfred Collins figures it out. But oh, yeah, apparently Byron Murphy, who had a breakout year last year. I don't know if I can predict another breakout season because he already sort of broke out. But I think he's going to build on what he did in 2022. He apparently had a really, really good Saturday as well. You still got to sweat there as the elder statesman in that room. Vernon Broughton also some nice depth as well like all four of those guys you would think could start on a lot of teams across the country. You've got all four of them. So you've got a really, really solid rotation on the interior of that D line. That's going to help stopping opponents running games. And you mentioned it last year, Texas was pretty good for the most part against the run. But also I think these guys are capable of getting a little bit of pressure on quarterbacks right up the gut on that D line.
1: Yeah. I I've always been, you know, I, they were the the team that gave the most pressure of any team in college football last year, but, I, pressure is nice, but I like to see sacks because with sacks comes turnovers. You know, with guys making the quarterback drop the ball, I'd I, I like to see more sacks by this group. I don't know where they come from. I don't know if Catalan becomes one of those guys that comes out of the secondary. But this group needs to sack the quarterback more, not just pressure the quarterback, but they need quarterback sacks. And I, I, I think with the pressure that they had last year and the pressure they're still going to get this year, even if they don't get as many sacks as I'm looking for, the secondary is going to be phenomenal. They're they're very talented in this secondary group. They've got a nice leader back there that came from Arkansas. If he's, if he's healthy enough and he doesn't blow himself up trying to make big hits, I think this will be a special unit this year. I really do. And there's nothing in the Big 12. There's nothing offensive out there that tells you that this defense shouldn't still be as good as they were or better than they were last year.
0: I agree 100%. And you talked about the lack of sacks for this Texas defense last year. I just looked it up. Texas was 73rd in the country in sacks per game. So, you know, not amongst the worst in college football, but nowhere close to the best in college football. And yeah, for this defense to take another step and for Texas to solidify a spot in the Big 12 championship game, you would think that uh, that ranking And that number needs to go up a little bit. I think they've got the dudes to make it happen Mm -hmm. uh, on the edge too. We'll we'll get into that in a second, but I know you brought up the secondary. One of the guys who – I don't know if enough Longhorn fans have talked about this guy, myself included, but by all accounts, he was maybe the most impressive player on the entire defense in the scrimmage on Saturday. Malik Muhammad at corner. Played with the number one defense. Had a pick six against Malik Murphy. Also had a couple of other PBUs, apparently laid a big hit on somebody as well. Malik Muhammad is a guy that maybe Texas fans need to take notice of because he's cracked the starting team, and apparently he's making some plays in practice too.
1: Yeah, they've been looking for him to, to you know, he's been the guy who's throughout camp that they've taught, in between he and Brooks back there, they've talked about him an awful lot of trying to get that start into that starting role. And it looks like he's getting that spot. He seems like the kind of young guy that once he gets that spot, you're not getting it back. He's not. Yeah. He's not. He's not there to give it back. He's going to intercept balls. And as I said, if they can continue to get the pressure, and with with these types of cornerbacks that they're recruiting right now, these are going to be guys that will intercept balls, not just break up passes, but intercept balls and get turnover. This group needs to have a lot of turnovers this season. They do. They can put this offense in good position, and hopefully, the offense doesn't likewise put the put the uh, defense in bad positions with with their run game and Quentin yours having another year under his belt. So this has the makings of a really, really good football team. It does. And yeah. special teams-wise, you know, they need to be special in the special teams game. And with these kind of athletes, when you start recruiting these type of athletes, then your special teams is going to be good too. It just, it just is. It just – you can't help it. You can't help it but have good special teams when you have highly recruited kids that want to get on the field some way. They want to show, you know, their they're, they're players that aren't going to always – they're not going to be there five years anyway. They're going to be moving on. They're that, those type of players. So you get them on the field as quick as possible in your special teams that will help your offense and your defense. God, this
0: roster is crazy talented, man. I mean, it is just loaded with talent, offense, defense, and special teams. That's why there's so much optimism surrounding this team. But uh, this is the healthiest this roster has been, Buck, since 2010.
1: Oh, yeah, there's We're no connected. doubt about that. And I mean,
0: it's, it's not just the starters, too. Like, they've got depth. Now, there are some question marks. I'm not going to sit here and act like everything's perfect with the personnel on this Texas team. Like they're not the best, most talented, deepest team in the country, but man, they've got just dudes all up and down the football field. And it's Sark is, I mean, yours is obviously a big question, right? Can he be more consistent this year, but Sark can Sark finally put it together because he's had talented rosters in the past. And I don't think he's had a roster as talented as this one during his time at Washington and during his time at USC, but he just hasn't been able to win 10 games in a season and he just hasn't been able to seemingly maximize the most out of his rosters to this point. But, man, if Sark can take that step as a coach with this talent and this depth on this roster, it does feel like 10 wins is very, very attainable for this bunch.
1: Well, he talks about how they look a lot like the teams that he wants them to look like. Well, in other words, he trusts in them because they've done all the things that he wants them to do when it comes to physicality, looking good, looking physically fit and ready to play. Now it's up to him. Do they trust in him? How much do they trust in that guy to make some decisions and make some play calls that are going to put them in good situations to win games that may be tough ones, that may be those Big 12 games that are just tough as hell anyway, a Baylor game, a Texas Tech game, getting on the road to places. I mean, uh, uh, now all of a sudden even a Kansas game where you would think that's supposed to be a cakewalk. Those aren't cakewalks any longer because those teams, those teams that have played you well and played you hard, look at you right now and go, Texas, okay, it's just Texas. They don't fear you, you know. It as I always said, when when it, when it, when you start getting to the point of, you know, when coaches uh, coaches used to always talk in Texas about, well, we're going to get everybody's best shot because we're Texas. Well, dude, they were beating you and they weren't even giving you their best shot. They were just beating you, and you were still Texas. When it gets to the point where Texas looks at all these other teams and says, "We are about to kick the living shit out of you," yeah, you are TCU and we are Texas, and it's not going to be this other way. We're about to hammer you, and you are Texas Tech, okay? And we are Texas. We're about to put that. When the player starts saying we're Texas instead of the other way around where we're going to get your best game, when you start saying you're about to get your ass whooped because you're playing us because we are Texas, that's when things will change around here. When it, when it gets to be that way and coaches don't worry about the other team giving them the best game but your team giving – their best game to them and just, just slaughtering them. Yep. You no, know, that, that'll get to the point. And it looks like it's coming soon because the, the talent is starting to get to that point where can't help it. Yeah. They get overrun. They've,
0: they've got to use that to their advantage, right? Cause that's bragging sure. about being at Texas has meant entitlement for a lot of folks Absolutely. associated with the Texas football program. So you can't have that sense of entitlement that, Oh, Hey, I'm playing football at the university of Texas. That means I'm all good. I don't have to work anymore and things are fine. Nah, you've, you've got to make sure you put in the work to do what you were just talking about. And then to go up against other teams and say, Oh no, 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 we're bigger. We're faster. We're stronger than you. We've got Texas across our chest. You guys don't, and we're going to find a way to beat your ass down because of that.
1: Yeah. And- anything. And, and it, as you know, anything happens in a the game, there'll be some difficulties. They'll, they'll face some obstacles, but your team and your talent just, just gets past those obstacles. Those obstacles become small obstacles. That are just like you would have in practice, that those those practices that you've had will be harder than those games that you play in. You know, they'll yep. get to the point where these guys are so talented playing against each other. They'll get into games where the guys won't be as talented, that where the where the coaching really matters, and they'll get to that point where you're about to get stomped. We're gonna overcome this little obstacle. You know, it's gonna be, you know, fourth and two. Well, we know what we're gonna run. We might as well just tell you where we're coming and see if you can stop it. That's when it gets good. That's when it gets fun when you when you start letting people know, hey, here's what we've been doing all season long, and just because you think that you got a better player over there, we're going to run this same play that we've been running against everybody else for a first down. We're coming right over here against our best guy, against your best guy, and see if you can stop it. We'll let, and we'll let you know we're coming. I've been talking yeah. to Casey Stutter. They used to let people know, hey, it's coming this way. Hey, right here. That ball's coming right behind me. What are you going to do about it? And you couldn't do anything about it. You were just better, and that's 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 when it'll get fun for this team. Yeah, and hopefully that'll be in this season coming up. And hopefully it'll be right from the start. You get that practice game against Rice, which it should be, and then you go to Tuscaloosa and you play a real college football game in a tough atmosphere. That that's that's going to be tough because as the biggest the crowds that you play against here, and then when you go to Tuscaloosa, it's just a different type of atmosphere it's a winning type of atmosphere. They are used to winning. They're not, they're not used to losing more than a game or two games during the course of a season.
0: No, you now, no. I mean? all, so, all that stuff you're talking about, about, you know, other teams being scared that they were going oh. up against the university of Texas. Yeah. None of that shit applies for Alabama. Right? No, like that, that's what Texas has to worry about. There's looking across the other sideline and seeing sure. the greatest college football coach of all time. And maybe the most historic college football program of all time. And not being overwhelmed. And like you said, add the atmosphere on top of it. Obviously, the Longhorns held their own in Austin. But that was when you had the crowd on your side. Now you've got to go to their house. Now, I don't think Alabama is as good as this past year's Alabama team, right? It oh, has no. To do with oh, no, I don't they, think so either. They lost the number one overall pick and the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. So,
1: But uh, they, they, know, have- they know how to overcome obstacles because they play against obstacles Every weekend, every yeah. time they take the field in the SEC, they're playing against teams that that are going to throw things at them. That they have some really talented players on the other side of the field, but they seem to overcome that stuff to to have seasons where two losses is a horrible season for them. I mean, it's it's like the end of the world. I'm going really, Nick. Two yeah. losses, you guys are terrible. You know, one they're... loss to them, and it's a terrible season. I mean, You're right? And we're we're, we're fighting here trying to if we can get. Two losses in a season, get into the Big 12 championship game and and be a part of that. This place would be ecstatic going into the SEC. But for right. Nick Saban, it would be just well, that's just no, this is what we do. We lose two games a year, maybe. Mostly no. we don't lose any games.
0: They don't like losing two games a year no. out there. I mean, oh, no. every time Bama loses a game in the regular season, You're right. people start asking about whether or not Nick Saban is done and is the dynasty over and do we need to make a change. Like, that happens. They freak out whenever they lose once in the regular season. Yeah, if they lose two or three. Like, any year they don't make the college football playoff, they didn't make it last year, that is a colossal, colossal failure. Yeah, and what
1: what does that feel like? I mean, what does that feel like to be a fan of that and and say, you know, my coach lost a game and I just can't stand him?
0: I would murder somebody to win 10 games. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I would kill somebody. I would take an innocent life to just win 10 games. A lady coming
1: down the aisle of the plane
0: Yeah, take her out?
1: She's gone. Gone. Okay.
0: Gone. I mean, forget the playoff, forget a national championship. Just for 10 wins, I think I would uh, off somebody. That is well, how get used to it because you're
1: going to get that this year.
0: I hope so. Well, apologies to whoever's losing their life then.
1: Yeah, because there's 10 wins coming this season.
0: Oh, man. It's hard not to drink the Kool Aid, isn't it? There's oh, a lot of reasons. I'm, I'm the Kool Aid
1: now. I'm I'm not drinking it yet because I'm me
0: and I'm just always pessimistic when shock, it comes to Shock program.
1: therapy for you?
0: Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm watching you. I'm in the corner of the room. You're downing the Kool Aid out of that yeah. giant Gatorade cooler. That's I mean, you're right. not even you're not even squeezing some out. You're literally you have the whole five gallon cooler tilted, and you're just chugging it from the top. I'm watching you. I'm looking at you. I've got the cup in my hand, but I can't quite go over there to uh, to fill one up and start drinking yet.
1: How can it not be this guy who's been an average coach throughout his entire life has better than an average team and has done better than an average recruiting job. He's done way better than an average recruiting job over the last three years. And yep. he's got – his freshmen this year are better than – and we thought the freshmen that he got last year were good. I think the ones he's got this year, it's a better freshman crop. And this is now three years in a row. So, one, eventually the talent outweighs the coaching. You keep you recruiting said. classes like this, eventually the talent will outweigh the coaching. They'll be just that good. Those guys, your guys will just be better than those guys. You you can make some coaching mistakes and get away with it because your guys are better. I think they're getting to that point right now. But I'll just say this. It doesn't help to have the coach win a couple games for you, too.
0: Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it.
1: Yeah, I think it happens this season.
0: All right, before we get out of here, I got to give another shout out to one of our great sponsors, Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. If you are working on anything at your house or at your place of business and you need tools, you got to reach out to our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. They've got everything you need. A massive selection of all of the tools, all of the biggest brands. They are Austin's number one source for all of your equipment rentals, sales, and supplies. And they've been that way since 1996. So large construction jobs or small home projects, it does not matter. Our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals can help you tackle any job that you may have. Two Austin area locations, one up north in Anderson Square, the other down south on South First Street. Check them out online, TopGun.net. They will shoot you straight.
1: All right, Buck. Great job today, man. This was fun. Yeah, it was great. It was nice getting up and having a nice weekend. Be good to have you back in town at the end of the week. And uh I know you're excited about getting back to Austin, Texas. And I think Austin, Texas is excited about having you a little bit closer and as I said, we will be somewhere for pregame shows. We're going somewhere, folks. So yep. be looking out for us at your bars, at your 7-Eleven corners, we could be anywhere. anywhere. We could do our pop, we have pop-up shows.
0: There you go. We might be with the homeless on Cesar Chavez. We could might just get you 10 over there.
1: Could be, man. More could ways be.
0: I'm,
1: a, I'm looking forward. Right. Listen, have a great day today, my friend.
0: All right, there he goes. That's going to do it for Bucky and BK on Texas Sports Unfiltered. A reminder, Trey and BK coming your way from 12 to 1 a little bit later today. And the Buck and I will be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Until then, y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. And hook them.